traveling the vortex. Yee! I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. This is so awesome. This is just great just, news. New doctor. It's fantastic. We're so so excited. I'm, just, this I'm, week. I'm beside myself with excitedness. Oh, they I could know. not have it, it just. Of all, of all, the, the, the I know. I just now I can't wait for Matt to leave. This guy oh, is what? like the perfect you? choice. He, he's so perfect. Yeah, it's absolutely. There's the absolutely best choice ever. No other person could. They. I mean, of, of everybody, we, 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 we said it before. We've said it again. Stephen Moffat knows what he's doing, and Moffat we trust. He's going to bring. He's going to. He's going to make it work. And they did. They oh, I know. Absolutely. It. Robert Sheehan's going to be fantastic. No, I I, I, I had this when I saw it announced. I said, you know what? I can tell the guys now. I told you so. Stephen Fry. I, I, I it blew my mind when I saw Stephen come out. Do, on the do, stage. do you remember? Do you remember all the way back when we first started discussing it? And you were very sad, Keith, because well, maybe Matt's leaving. And I said, now Stephen Mangan from 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 Dirt Gently, he's going to be awesome, and I'm, I will be proven right come November. Stephen Mangan is the doctor. Just, I mean, I. I I'm so ecstatic. I mean, no better God. choice than Nathan. No, He's so good. Stephen Fry. I know it's 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 incredible. Stephen Fry will be the best doctor. I can't wait for Stephen Mangan to just come barreling out of the TARDIS with all that energy. It's gonna be just oh, I might squeal again. <laughs> We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 136, and we've broken Dreamweaver. <laughs> I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are yes, you guys? we've successfully disconnected ourselves from the Dreamweaver today. His electronic diodes are sticky. I've got this residue on my head. I don't know what Sean's going to do with this scrap of metal here now that's yeah. left over from it. I can sculpt something, I guess. <laughs> Ah, uh, so how are you guys doing this week? Other now, than, now, other than the big announcement, which now we're that we've talk done about that, I'm not sure it worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're stuck. With it. There's, there's one listener out there that listened to the audios and went, "That was really clever, guys." And everybody else is going, "What's going on? This is a Flash Gordon thing, isn't it?" I don't get it. <laughs> uh, what'd you guys do this week? I played a lot of Lego Lord of the Rings. Ooh, how'd you do? Are you done? Not yet. I'm over fifty percent. So it's uh, the hub is this. And that's that, the worst that, part. That's what I'm doing now. Is this I'm uh, I'm working through adventures. free play, getting all the free plays, which hasn't been too bad. And I've been kind of focusing my free plays to get certain bricks for extras, and then we'll go through and <laughs> do it again for the object. Well, I'm, I'm still getting everything, oh, okay. but then so then I will after I complete the free play of each of the levels, then I will wander the countryside oh, yeah. doing everything else side, because side then I'll be done. Yeah. So, are you getting, crafting everything. so while you get the bricks, you're also getting the three objects you're supposed to yes. pick up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm completing yeah. the free play levels completely, completely, so I don't have to worry, so I don't have Good to go call. back to them at all. I missed a couple of the items and uh, had to go back and play the whole thing again just to get the one, one but or two items. You, once you got the item, you can quit, which is nice. Yes, unlike, you can. Unlike yes, the can. old version. But some of the items I missed were way at the end. I've been cheating and getting online to make sure I'm getting, getting everything. Yeah. Can, can you achievement with two people playing at the same time, or is it all first player? It's only? all first player only. They, Mostly they, they first will never go. I mean, you like can achievement. On there is there is one achievement to get to complete a level co-op. Ooh. <laughs> Which I tried cheating my way through that and it didn't work. Didn't work. Huh. <laughs> so I'm actually got to play a level co-op. I'll make Sarah play with me. Yeah, this Sarah can fire. She can just follow you around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll pick a short level. It won't take long. <laughs> 
Other than that, um, I picked up the white whale of my book collection. Yeah. As I, if you saw my picture, uh, ever since I read the book Fight Club, I've been in love with it, and have always wanted to find the first edition because that's my thing. I like to find the first edition hardbacks of whatever books I really like, and upgrade them to that. And I've looked online, and it's couldn't bring myself to pay fifty some bucks for the first edition. And if it's signed, you don't even want to see how much those things are. I'm sure. Um, I'm glad now I didn't buy it for you. I, I actually had one. Oh, did you look uh, one up? I, I had one kind of earmarked as a possible Christmas present, and it oh. was kind of like. That <laughs> uh, was expensive. Yeah, it's. I I, just, I I want to collect it, but I just can't bring myself to pay that kind of money, no matter how much I love it. Yeah, I couldn't either. And. <laughs> I found it. Well, if and I made a little more money, yeah, it'd be a little <laughs> oh, easier. When I'm rich and famous, if I hit that 400 million Powerball, you guys got it easy. You go, <laughs> hey, it's my birthday this week. Here's a Ferrari. You know, just, <laughs> why not? Here, I saw this and thought of you. <laughs> you will want for nothing. Don't worry about it. Until then, worry about it. Keep keep scouring yeah. the used bookstore. Yeah, I, I was in our local library and they have a little boutique and. Uh, on the, the shelf, book teak, yes, <laughs> and it was four dollars. And I, I saw it on the shelf, and my jaw just kind of dropped. And I was like, "Is that really?" Was it a jaw and a heart thing? A little bit. A little I was skipping like, your, your chest, like this can't be real. And, and then I pulled it off the shelf, and my hands started sweating. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, fine." <laughs> four bucks. Four bucks. That's, awesome. that's the cheapest I've ever found any of my first edition hardbacks. That's incredible. Yeah. And as I mentioned to you earlier. You helped the library, yes, too, I because did. all, yeah, all the, the money goes back goes to the Friends of the Library, which I, do a lot. Of I wonder if they didn't know what they had. I'm sure they didn't, <laughs> or they wouldn't mark it at four dollars. <laughs> Although I do need to get an eraser because it was pencil mm. on the page. That's the nice thing about the book too. It's, it's at least always do it in pencil. Always in pencil. It's better than having a sticker on it because it's in great, great, mm. great condition. Yeah. That was my week. <laughs> Very cool, Sean. Did you do anything exciting this um, week? I worked a lot, which, yeah, there's going to be a lot of that coming. Um, and then uh, we watched um, Sunshine Cleaning, which is kind of one of those little oddball indie films that's been on the mm-hmm. list for a long time that we just never got to. And it's about two sisters who go into uh, business with each other um, as a, um, what is it called, when it, the, the cleanup clue who comes into a crime scene. Crime scene cleanup and blood oh, okay. and yeah. uh, you know whatever has gone on in the crime scene. There's somebody has to come in and clean it up and dispose of it, and say they go into business for themselves. And it's kind of billed as this quirky, dramatic, in the vein of um, Little Miss Sunshine. Yeah, it always tried to promote itself that way. <clears throat> well, it's not. <laughs> it didn't look like that. <laughs> it, way. It, it, it was quirky, and it was it was a cute film, um, but it didn't have nearly the same heart or the same emotional core or the, or the laughs that Old Miss Sunshine had because I love Old Miss Sunshine and this one just kind of you know it, it came about it did its thing it was, it was a fine movie I'm glad I watched it but at the same time there was one kind of big dangling prop, plot thread with one of the characters left at the end of the movie which was designed to be ambiguous and I don't like that <laughs> you wrapped up everything else wrap, if you're going to leave something ambiguous make the whole movie ambiguous mm-hmm. and let me make up my own mind that's fine but don't fly for pie yeah yeah, I saw. I haven't seen that. A genius movie, Cloud Atlas. Genius movie. This one just kind of, eh. We're just not going to deal with that. It's like, oh, okay. 
Mm. And Mel and I finished our trek through the animated Superman uh, series. Mm. Oh, nice. So that we can jump back into Justice League now. Are you doing Batman Beyond 2? We've already done that one. Did you finish yeah. that? I couldn't remember. But you don't have to do that one before you no. do Justice League. Yes, in a way. Because there's an episode of Justice League Unlimited at the end of the, kind of toward the end of the series, that's designed to be an epilogue to Batman Begins, even though it's technically a prologue. Batman Begins or... Oh, Batman, Batman Beyond. Okay. I keep confusing those two. I, and I don't confuse them. I just keep saying the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's an episode that ends Batman Beyond. It kind of explains it's where kind they... It sets up how it goes to it's, the... It's, it sets it up, and then it also explains what happened. Because it's actually set in the future. It's a Justice League Unlimited that's set in the future. Ah, I see. So, okay. And I, I told Mel we watched all four seasons of the animated Batman series, all three seasons of Batman Beyond, and then watched Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. And I turned to her afterwards, and I said... I made you watch seven years of television to get to this moment because this is how good this is. <laughs> so then we started watching Justice League, and Odd Duck Phil was like, "You can't watch Justice League until after you've seen Superman." I was like, "Now nah, we're fine." And then we watched an episode of Justice League that very heavily dealt with the mythos of the Superman animated series, and we were a little lost and went, "Darn it!" So we, had to go back. <laughs> so we rewatched that one tonight. And now we're ready to continue on. But um, other than that, no, I haven't really done much. Getting ready for school to start. Ugh. Uh, we didn't do much this week other than we bought a new car yesterday. Oh. Ooh, a new car! We bought a Pontiac G6. Yes, we bought a discontinued car and discontinued company. But um, uh, well, yeah, what, I have a Pontiac, too. So What happened was uh, Holly, her, the transmission in her car, we have a Dodge Stratus that we've just sunk way too much money in anyway. <laughs> and the transmission finally went out in it and it's outside its warranty and we were going to have to pay a lot of money to replace the transmission or just bite the bullet and buy a new car. And so we decided, well, we can't really afford another car payment right now, but we can't really afford to pay what we're going to have to pay to replace yeah. this transmission either. So we went with the lesser two easels and got a better better car. So We also put a warranty on this one that's going to cover anything that'll Nice, but it's it's nice. It drives nice. It, what year is it? It's a '09, so oh. it's only a few years old. Yeah, yeah. and then uh, that's about it. Uh, that was I mean, we, we spent the week. Well, now my car's breaking down, but my truck's breaking down. But I just got to find a tire that is. Big. <laughs> it's elusive because it's not manufactured anymore. So I've got to get it ordered because I called all over today and couldn't find it. So anyway, mm. that's been a headache, but not so bad. And I've lost 25 pounds now, so I am. I have haven't been in the 280s for a long time. Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! Long time. So yes, thank you. So I have to I have to pat myself on the back out there publicly because I have to. Uh, part of my diet plan is the not just positive reinforcement, but the uh, accountability accountability of it. So if if you find me. Bragging about my uh, weight loss on this <laughs> well, podcast, there's a reason for it because the program that I'm on uh, requires accountability. So you'll probably those of you that follow me on Facebook and Twitter will see me post a lot of my walks yes. and things like that. And yeah, again, it's accountability, and you feel free to encourage me or discourage me or whatever you want to do. But uh, like I say, this is part of the program that I'm on. So or feel free to you know get on your bicycle and get out there and. Right in front right of him now. on his walks with the Just cheesecake. Absolutely. Go, Come on, Glenn. <laughs> Dangle that carrot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's I all I did. I feel like much. I lost all that weight because I cut my hair off. You did. You cut your you're Back to wedding life. Pretty short, yeah. It looks good, though. Thank you. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. 
Thank you. Well, should we move into the big announcement that we did this week? Yeah, I guess they announced some <laughs> actor that's going to play some role on something or other. Stephen McGann. This is <laughs> oh, wait, we I, always do that. We always, oh, something the, happened this week. Something I don't know what week. it was. It seemed pretty insignificant. <laughs> Stand by. Dead horse whipping. <laughs> Peter. I got it. Peter. Peter. Capaldi. Capaldi. That's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> it was announced today as the 12th Doctor. I don't like Although it. it's technically 13th, but... I don't like it. <laughs> I think well, it's going to be. You, I think it's going to be. We don't know that you, yet. You know that T-shirt that says William and Pat and John and Tom and you know it's got all mm-hmm. the. Now we've got two Peters. Yeah, we got two Peters like because it. somebody posted the last names and we had two Bakers at one time. Yeah. So, yeah. so the first first names was the only thing that differentiated them. And it was <laughs> it was, was kind of cool to have Peter Davison on set. It was when they it was announced neat. it. it yeah. was cool. To have him there and the two Peters. Peter Davison and you know who wasn't there? David Tennant. It's true. He's been doing everything. He wasn't there. Apparently. Yeah, but they, I was really impressed by the amount of people they got to talk on the the interviews. Yes, yes. The well, Colin Baker was in the Colin, clips. Uh, Matt um, was in the clips, obviously. Yeah. Which I was. I, I thought Moffat would be there live. I thought. I thought both. I didn't would be think there he live. would be there clip wise, but um, um, when Wendy. No, not Wendy. Not Wendy Padbury. Um, uh, no, it was uh, Paul, the guy Polly, Polly yeah. uh, which you don't see very often. No, I was so surprised. That was she really was there. cool. I can't remember the actress's name though. And I liked how Colin said in the how he he wanted to wear what Chris got to wear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty neat. Janet Fielding, yes, was one of them. Um, some and then some people that they just put I their names and they didn't have a, a anything. I think we're supposed so. to know who they were. Oh, were we? Because oh. like the Bruno guy, I, I kind oh, of yeah, recognize yeah, yeah, him yeah. from something, yeah. but I'm not the sure Italian why. Italian guy. Yeah. The doctor has to be British. Yeah, he was. <laughs> he really didn't contribute much. No, he really didn't. <laughs> But, it, you know, for cobbling this special together really quick, because oh, I don't yeah. think they've done much planning. They didn't do the announcement. They didn't announce that they were making an announcement until Thursday. <laughs> Friday they announced that they were making an announcement on Sunday, and then today we actually got the announcement. So there wasn't a lot of time between there. Now, they've probably been planning it a little further yeah. ahead than that. But realistically, for putting together a half-hour announcement special, they did a really nice job. It, really it was really well done. And uh, uh, what's her name? Bell, uh, Chloe Bell? No, uh, that seems right. The uh, the uh, gal that was the, uh, the host, host, uh, Wendy Bell, Wendy, Wendy, Tinker Bell, Cloyster <laughs> Bell. I'm trying to look. Um, <laughs> what was her name? Anyway, way to bring that back she, around. She was, awesome. she was very, very personal and did a really good job in the interviews and whatnot. Uh, Wilf! We forgot to mention yes, Wilf. Yes, Wilf was there. Yeah. That was nice. Grandpa Wilf. And Bonnie Langford was Bonnie in Bonnie Langford, special. yeah. She was in the, in the clips. She was interviewed as well. That was pretty neat. I thought they did a good job. That was a job. very nice special. And they, they kind of dropped the ball early that it wasn't going to be a woman because <laughs> Matt <laughs> kept saying he. And... Uh, um, Doesn't that just kind of automatically, though? I, 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 I say, do we think Matt actually knew? Well, I imagine that Matt probably knew. He knew, but I don't. Oh, I guess yeah, because he knew that he didn't actually even say um, Peter's name in the interview when even yeah. when he when he even when he because you came gave him to, the words you came of up to me encouragement and, yeah. yeah but he said he's a lie he knew he was a lifelong fan or a, a longtime fan and a, a great actor and so he knew that much about him he just never said his name 
I don't yeah, mean I'm this sure to, he knew. I don't mean Katie Manning to, too. Katie yeah, Manning was. Yeah, I don't mean this to sound sexist, but just in general, talking about it's like who's going to be the next James Bond or who's going to be the next this. You kind of always go he. It's just kind of a default setting. No, because Matt knew who it was, it was and was specifically saying it without saying the name. So Zoe Ball, just the what Zoe Ball by saying the name. Ball just by, or Bell? by Ball, according to Ball, this. it was okay. Ball. It was Zoe Ball because Zoe Bell is a uh, is a stunt, stunt woman. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, but, but just that saying, wasn't her. but just just the way in which he was presenting it, it wasn't the generic he, as in just unisex. It was specifically he. So that's at that point that I went, okay, well, that's it's a he. And then when Zoe Ball had come back and had kind of dropped the well, we you know. You notice Matt kept saying he, but we really don't know for sure yet. It could still be a woman. And then she ended it with the maybe someday type thing. And then I thought, okay, that it's totally not going to be a woman now. Yeah, yeah. So that eliminates, you know, this many people. <laughs> um, but as I was saying to you guys before the show, when, they, when she was setting it up and they were having this big grand, you know, kind of um, building the suspense uh, moment there. And they showed the shot from behind him and you just saw his hand. The first thing I saw was that guy's... 40 or 50 based on his hands. Because you can always tell people's age by their hands. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys know that. If you don't know how old a woman or a man is, look at their hands. You can usually get within a decade. And then, so I said 40s or 50s, probably 50s. And he had a wedding ring on. So I said, okay, he's married. So automatically that eliminated some people as well. <laughs> <laughs> and so, But it didn't matter at that point. All because going all the way minute, to the wire, eliminating uh, yeah, people off that list. A, a huh? minute later. <laughs> and when they announced it, I just, I, uh, Caitlin was sitting next to me on the couch and I went, yeah! And she goes, what? And I said, this is the guy of the people that they've been saying. It could be. This is the guy I wanted. So, uh, And it wasn't until Thursday that I saw the rumor yeah. that it was going to be him. That I, I, In fact, told Keith, I said, you know, I'm pretty sure this is him now that I've heard this. Mel and I were standing there, and I booted it up on the computer, and we watched it. And they announced it, and he came out, and we went, who the hell is that guy? Because <laughs> <laughs> I literally just... I might have done the same thing uh, no, had, I I not had I not seen, seen the, the thing, and then see, I went, I oh, this is the guy from pre- Fires of Pompeii. Yeah, no, I, I kind of had some setup. So, so then I went and Googled him and, you know, and imdabooed him and looked him up and went, oh, he's that guy. And then I got real excited. Yeah, so, you know, yeah. I, w- I was just happy to see older. We all talked that we'd like to see somebody mm-hmm. a little older. I'm really looking forward to seeing where the show goes now and how the dynamic is going to change. That's what I'm most excited about. I think he and Claire are going to be a very interesting fit all of a sudden. Yeah. Might be, yeah. You know, here's the thing, though, and, and I, I hate to say this as it's not age discrimination, but when I knew who it was, I, I'm so, we're so used to the manic David Tennant and the manic Matt Smith and the ways that they yes. play it, the very energetic ways that they play it. You see a 55-year-old man. But I've gone back, and today I started watching uh, In the Thick of It, which is the BBC show that he's probably most known for. He's done a lot of stuff. We should say Oscar-winning uh, Peter. Uh, oh yeah, because he's actually won a he won an Oscar for director. For, and uh, that he yeah well you you just kind of get the Oscar, but he directed the the short film. There's a, he directed a live action short and starred in it in 1995, I believe it was, and won an Oscar that year for it. So, really? Yeah. So he does have an Oscar, as we were talking about in the loop, but uh, he has an Oscar as well. Um, but anyway, he's done a lot of stuff, and I, I'm watching one of the probably the things he's most noted for, which is in Thicker, which is a BBC comedy. It's kind of a dramedy, but um, and just the it's a very different 
character from the Doctor, don't get me wrong, but you can see it in his expressions and that he's going to be a very energetic Doctor. Not necessarily the, a Matt Smith or David Tennant, but he will have, he will bring the energy to the He'll Doctor that out. the Doctor oh, needs. Yeah. So I'm very excited. I'm getting more and more excited about him as the Doctor the more things that I'm seeing in. And, of course, we saw him in, in Fires of Pompeii. Um, it was very enjoyable that. He was very subdued, but a very different performance from him as Frobisher in Children in er- Children of Earth. Yeah. Uh, Torchwood Children of Earth. And we can't Earth. necessarily say that we enjoyed him in that, but... <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> his, his performance. Yes. That's just it. I mean, he... he I didn't was, enjoy the character. <laughs> I, did you guys see that he was also when, once when, in a punk band? Yeah, with Craig Ferguson. Yeah. <laughs> Craig Ferguson was the drummer in the punk band. And it was Peter was, who pushed Craig awesome. to go to comedy. Really? Yeah. I had heard that too. I had yeah. heard that he is the same age at fifty-five. That this 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 William part Hartnell. really excites me. The fact that he's the same age as William Hartnell. Yeah. When William Hartnell started all these years ago, fifty years 19- ago. I do have kind of a hard time getting super excited about it because it's still somewhat of an abstract concept for me. I, yeah, I know nothing I, I, counts until you see it on screen. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that Matt's not going to be around, and. It's kind of like the way it was with Clara. His voice break a little bit. Yeah, just, just, just a holding little older. Older. Holding and the same way it was with Jenna Louise Coleman. As we saw this, the pictures of who she was, but that didn't necessarily translate to exactly what we saw on screen. Costume has a lot to do with it. I'm really intrigued to see what they're going to put him in. I would agree. That's true. And, cause, and I think we'll have to wait until December on that. Yeah, yeah I think so. We won't, won't, won't get the reveal on that. If, if even if then. then because, it might I mean, be. Matt ended in... It the took, Raggedy it, Doctor. In fact, he was in, in 11th hour. It was wasn't until the end of the 11th yeah. hour that we actually got to see so him. So I'm, I'm betting it might not be till first episode of Series 8. Would be. Well, in the way Moffat writes, he could spend all the... I mean, even let's say Matt regenerates in the first five minutes of Christmas and we get the, the, uh, Peter in, he could spend the rest of the episode in a Santa Claus outfit. Well, it's yes. true. <laughs> point. Just to let us wonder. <laughs> He made you go an entire season in a in Santa Claus suit. He just likes it. Oh, this is good. I like this. It's comfortable. This is, this is my outfit. <laughs> Crushed velvet, man. You know, furry and soft. They didn't go younger, but they went thinner somehow. You think he looks thinner than Matt Smith? Yeah. Oh, you're nuts. I think he, he looks does. about David Tennant. Somebody's going to mention this later, but uh, that he sort of reminds them of. Uh, David Tennant, kind of a mix between David Tennant and they say, uh, uh, I don't remember who it is, I read ahead, but um, John Pertwee. I really think he has sort of a look of Tom Baker, at least just uh, facial I, structure, facially, yeah. and the, the build the, and the, the body of David Tennant. Yeah. I, that's, to me, I saw Tom Baker and David Tennant together in this guy. Oh, so. uh, how much of that is because we saw the picture that was photoshopped? With well, the it could be, too, with the scarf. Which I, I, I don't I, think I, so. Because I'd like to see somebody bring that I've always back. thought he kind of has the same eyes and, and nose structure of, of, of uh, Tom Baker. But I'd like to see. Doesn't have hair for certain. Maybe not the scarf, not the a scarf. scarf. Well, uh, a scarf would be nice. McCoy or yeah, McCoy the, 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 yeah. the, the, the small thin, the small one, thin yeah. one. I think that would be kind of a good look for him. I, I, since he's a fan, I'm interested to see who he pulls inspiration from. Well, let's see. Since what uh, age nine? He, he said? wrote. Yeah. yeah well, when nine, wrote that it, nine would have been Troughton when he was nine. Yeah. It would have been Troughton when he. And then fifteen, he wrote the letter to Doctor Who magazine or to the Radio Times. And at that point, it would have been Pertwee, because that would have been yeah. at 72. The only reason I know that is because he's... No, not 72. Yeah, he's 15 years older than me. And I... Well, yeah, he would have been 15 in 72. So. 
I, I would like to see them <laughs> pull, pull Weird be, man. Be, because he's 15 years <laughs> it's older new than man. you. Right. And you were born in 72. Yes, he would have been 15. He would have been 15. <laughs> so that would have been 1972. I'm glad you worked that yes. out. Because <laughs> yeah, it's, it's new math. Yeah. So... So, in 1972, you, you had me concerned there for a moment that maybe you weren't quite right on those facts. But, <laughs> you, 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 you got that one. I did it. <laughs> I'm not good at math, but boy, I can sure pin it from <laughs> the date of my birth. <laughs> so, so I, I'm Chicago, assuming he grew up. eastbound at 600 miles an hour, but I was born in 73. <laughs> <laughs> so I assume he grew up with David, or with David, with Patrick Troughton and... Uh, Jumper, yeah. So um, now he may have continued to watch Doctor Who into his later life. He, in fact, he talked about how that particular article he, had he to wrote hide he had from, his from his wife. He died because you know how much that uh, that totally says geek all over. Yeah. You're not going to get a woman with that, but uh, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and it was very cute about him talking about his daughter being very upset. They weren't talking yes, about him as the role. <laughs> that was very sweet. But I, I would like. I wouldn't mind because we made above it, dear. <laughs> David took a lot from five, and then the trench coat from four, and Matt took so much from two. I wouldn't mind seeing some three and four match. How would you mind? Yeah, would you mind seeing uh, uh, that Pertwee again? Crushed, per, just just that style, crushed no, velvet suits, and a, you don't. And, and a, yeah, scarf. No, I, I wouldn't mind at all. Yeah. Crushed velvet with a scarf instead of a cape. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I want necessarily the, the look, but maybe sort of the the performance as as Matt put yeah. in with the. Uh, oh, I would love to see a return to more of Pertwee's performance. Yeah, break maybe out the Venetian Aikido. A more, maybe a more dandy doctor. <laughs> now he's. I mean, we, we he is older. He's fifty five, but I don't think fifty five is. I mean, he's obviously not decrepit. Well, fifty five is the new thirty. Good, because I'm not there yet. Yeah, no, no. that's what, they, that's what they're no all saying. Fifty-five, literally though, fifty-five now is compared to fifty-five and sixty-three. A lot younger well, than at, it was. Look at Hartnell. Yeah. Look how old so Hartnell looks. looks at Fifty-five. So he looked and played, but he played it. But he played it older too. But then again, considering it was a wig, he had. It was only ten years later at sixty-five that he's in the Three Doctors and in a he's chair, very ill and very and, old, and died yeah. shortly after. Yeah. That, so. so I mean. That's not a, a, a huge stretch of time. Yeah, but, but you look at all of our doctors now. They're in their 60s and 70s. Tom's in his 70s. That's true. Uh, Peter Davidson's just now, I think, 60, in his 60s. That's McCoy's in his 60s. Um, McGann is, is in his 50s. So, I mean, and look how young and, and energetic they, they still, are, yeah. still st- to this day, continue to be. So. But um, So do you think, <clears throat> way outside the box, but... With, with with that age, will we still continue to see a fairly hands-on Venusian Aikido type doctor if they go with a, a Pertwee? Or will we get a Harry Sullivan? Will we get an Ian? Will we get a younger male companion to tag along with to do the heavy lifting? It's a good question, except for I think Jenna's on for a while. Um, so unless so they bring somebody in yeah. and, and, and crowd the TARDIS a little bit, maybe... But well, we at had 55, at the same time, again, though, so. as we said, Hartnell was playing older, so you kind of needed an Ian. You can, but 
look at Pertwee. He was probably in his 50s or 60s even at the time that he was playing the Doctor. And he was very hands-on, energetic, didn't need that, uh, you know, action sidekick. So, yeah, a lot of long I think, lenses I, I and think, some... Uh, and, and looking at the energy that... <laughs> a lot that, of wide shots. Yeah, look, looking at the energy that he puts into uh, the, the, the stuff that I have seen, uh, Peter has put into the stuff it's that I've seen. It's a quiet energy. It is. It's, it's, it's a quiet there. energy, but it's it, it, it's... It's not what you would. Th- I mean, we keep saying "old man." Fifty-five is not that old. I mean, it's fifty yeah. years for me. I mean, I'm. Well, Perth Three was fifty when it's he took the role. It's positively ancient compared to Matt, but <laughs> yes, yes, because <laughs> that, Matt took that's the role the when he was what, 26, 27? Yeah, That's kind of the baseline. So yeah, so. yeah Matt's just now turning thirty, so or just now turned thirty. Yeah, yeah. There's the there's the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so. Super excited! I, I, I really now. There was a great quote I saw when I looked up the ages of all the doctors. Speak uh, from this article. Speaking as one who is older than seven of the eleven doctors were on their debuts and closing in fast on Sylvester McCoy, I find this disheartening. Talking about the younger trend, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. Let's talk a little bit about the young trend because I think the reception for. Uh, Peter Capaldi. 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 Peter, the it's going to take us a little bit to get to the that. reception we'll, we'll get for there. Peter Capaldi has Peter been C. very good, I think. Overall, for the most part. For the most part. And I think, especially in the UK, where his body works a little more well known, he's, he's, he's yeah. held to kind of a higher uh, esteem. Something that disheartened me today is as I was walking around the library with my kids, I overheard the, the ladies at the desk, and they were younger ladies, probably in their 20s and 30s, and they were talking about, oh, the new doctor, he's just too, he's too old. I need a young doctor that I can, you know, the cute doctor, no more cute doctor, no more young doctor. No. That bugs me. I don't, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say more about it other than that just bothers me that there's there's people that I mean they, they want to crush on this doctor you know it's just I don't know what to say that just that's disheartening to me. I, is that going to turn a lot of fans away from the show I guess it, is what I'm what concerns it, me might. the most and it could I don't know I was one of those people when I when I when, I'll be honest when I saw the very first image of Matt Smith the really bad image of Matt Smith with the you know emo kind of hair, like a greaser. the greaser, <laughs> and the the TARDIS in the background taken on the you know backlots of BBC's whatever it was. I my first reaction was he's too young. Oh my god, they casted a kid, you know, in the, in this mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, <clears throat> I reserved judgment until I watched it, and then I fell in love with him from from episode one. So I, I'm hopeful that maybe this is just that initial knee jerk reaction. That people, especially the, I've started to come to think of them as the peripheral fringe fan. Yeah, you know <laughs> the ones that oh, the I'm ones that won't fan. recognize classic series. I, I I could see that group being the ones being the most vocal about not yeah. liking him being I mean, older. I, I it's difficult because I I, I don't. There have been so many, and, um, and, and Neil Hoobian wrote a great piece on it about you know the the classic fans versus the new fans right, and all that stuff. It was so well written, yeah. and I, I I don't want to fall into that trapping of being one of those guys mm-hmm. that well these new fans are all blah blah. But yeah, they're, they're, they they tend to come more from that group. I'll say that, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's 
just that initial knee jerk and that they'll give it a chance and they'll go, wow, this really isn't so bad. And the show continues, you know? Yeah. And if they decide not to, and like the Tenet fangirls that want to go cry in the corner because, oh, they didn't announce David Tenet's name. Well, in that case, we just trim the fat, right? Exactly. (laughs) You know, pretty much. (laughs) I'm I'm really excited also about the idea of the fact (laughs) that because he is... (laughs) You didn't want to get into a man-basting 12-year-old girl on Twitter. Well, you know, I've been down that road once before. But it's kind of the the same reaction I have to the fans who are adamant that it can't be a woman. Oh, if it's a woman, I'll stop watching Doctor Who. You know what? Get out of my fandom. I don't want you around the group anymore. And You're I, out of the band. I, I, I really like the idea that, and it may not be the case, but because he is an older actor compared to the age of Jenna Louise Coleman, the likelihood of a romantic relationship sparking up I think is less likely, and there's, we're, we'll see a more father-daughter type relationship. Yeah, and I really like that idea. Too. That certainly could be too. Yeah. Although we because, haven't cause, seen because Matt s- and Matt and Clara were kind of flirty, romanticy, you know, you know a little bit. You that, could, some could. There see is. That. There was always that flirt, but it was almost that friendly flirting more so than just that like pining type. You know what yeah. I mean? So that's at least good that they didn't go the Rose or Martha. And, and it very or, well because it very well could have been because yeah. Rose and Eccleson kind of had similar, more bit more pining than what Matt and Jenna had. But then it really went heavy once he regenerated. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that in the... In I, I, of course, I always ship Chris and Rose. I know you ship Chris and Rose. And every time you say you ship Chris and Rose, I can't quite wrap I my brain around I can't wrap my why. brain around it either. Yeah. On Rose's and yes. Not on Chris's. Yeah. And it wasn't until David came along that all of a sudden... There yeah. was that connection there. See, I, but I, I didn't even see it so much from Rose. I saw more of a fascination... In the tenth doctor's or the uh, ninth doctor's era, and maybe it was cool. I like curiosity and whatnot, but it wasn't until the regeneration that I saw Rose then start to kind well, of. Well, because it's not until because I mean you, you you look at the, the the Rose nine years and it's it's very unknown. It's we've got Mickey at home and I'm not well, sure how I deal with this. And then when Adam comes into the picture, uh, and both the, the doctor and Mickey are back burned at that and, point. And, and, right. so, right. and the, the doctor Jack comes in, so jealous of Adam and Mickey. And Jack, that—that's where I kind of see it from the doctor's perspective. I don't know if he you're, only really I, I gets he jealous. only gets a little he only gets a little bit of a jealous twinge when Jack comes into Maybe. the picture. Yeah, I, okay, yeah. Jack more Jack the most. But I think it's more of the that he's not so much jealous. It's just it's it's, it's Jack is so dripping with <laughs> smarmy <laughs> that dripping. It turns that's a him, great word. It turns to him off. Captain Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what he's dripping. He's dripping. <laughs> Um, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. I think that's it. But I mean, just because I don't think he was ever jealous of the other guys. I think more than anything, it was they are a hindrance well, and they're in the way to what we have to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when he when he, he went in, um, which I'm, one is it with the game station? Um, with, with Adam. With Adam. No. Uh, the one with Simon before party the long game. game. Oh, the long game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. He's that station. There's like the, three times they were in that. Yeah. Station. And and he's he's the doctor's dripping. With detest almost, but yes, your boyfriend can come along. I mean, he's not happy at giving Adam a chance. Mm, and see, I disagree. Proven right, but I disagree because I think that I, it's I, not that he doesn't want to give him a chance. 
it's a I think it's more of an initiation thing. It's like I don't know if this guy's going to work out. It's yeah. not so much that he detests Adam. Well, it's more see, of the uh, I, and, and he he's actually enjoying teasing Rose about yeah, having a little bit of a crush on see, Adam. I, I, so I, I almost I, saw I, it as I he was that. doing that to kind of protect himself because he wanted more with Rose. You know, in two months we're going to be doing this again. I'll probably That's so. true because <laughs> I, I, I'm wanting to go back and rewatch from the movie to present day before the 50th starts. Well, there you Are you going to watch all the new movies before the 50th? Wow. Uh, but notice how, how I put there. the... Uh, I know, I like how you put the movie <laughs> in there. I, I told Sarah because she hasn't seen the movie yet next month. Since we're doing Eighth Doctor next month, um, she's going to sit down and we're going to watch it together. So back to Peter Capaldi. Sorry. <laughs> just, just, just in case you hey, had... That was a better train. <laughs> just in case you hadn't picked up on it from our joke prelude and some of the old guy comments around the table, I think we're all on the same page. We're all ecstatic oh, on this choice, right? Ecstatic, yeah. I know you're ecstatic. Yeah, I'm, I'm jazzed. I, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm you're not cautiously optimistic. <laughs> cautiously optimistic. That's fair. That's fair. I'm, I'm because my doctor's leaving. How, what else do you expect from me? <laughs> I knew better than to ask that question of Keith. Yeah, he's yeah. ecstatic. He's just keeping it all inside because it's not real yet. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, of all the names that have been floated, he is. He was the absolute best choice. Now. Should it have been Stephen Fry still? Yes, but yeah, I'll take this as a <laughs> this is a good good replacement. So. so he was the best choice, but Stephen Fry would have been second of the people floated <laughs> of, of, the names oh, of the names floated. floated I think this was the absolute best. So of all the people, there, there were probably better people out there. They just didn't get it for consideration. They could have been, yeah. Well, obviously, it was Oscar Steve, nominees that Stephen Fry. Was I see. There. I see. Okay, I got you. <laughs> Which I, I I did find it interesting that. Stephen was talking about how when they got Matt, there was a long audition process, and this one there wasn't. Yeah, they knew yeah. They, they, they knew what they wanted. I also found it interesting that he was floated the last time when Matt. Well, that Capaldi was floated before. I bet as, that was uh, when and Moffat said no. I bet that because before Moffat wanted to go older, mm-hmm. and I bet that's who he was thinking of when he said older. But that was just it. the way that Moffat says it. In the sense, it was almost like he couldn't see it, so he didn't go with it. That was just kind of the impression I got yeah. from the way he describes it. Not that it was because they found Matt and he had had you know, but he blew him away because he did. But yeah, I, I think he said they were there were a, a lot of names and, and Peter. Had, but I I, I, I kind of said no. But then he said this time he, he the stars aligned. Yeah, the stars aligned. Yeah. So anyway, anything else to say about the new the new guy, Peter Capaldi? It's the new doctor. Peter Capaldi is the new doctor. You notice we're saying the new doctor and not the twelfth doctor because <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know what number he's. Yeah, we yet. we're not entirely sure. Oh, that's Although they kept out. saying they 12. do keep saying twelve. Well, I mean, you kind of have to. Well, kind of, he well, really is at this point. It's kind of like doctor. you. He's the twelfth doctor until they change it. <laughs> <laughs> until I see it on TV. Until I see it on TV. <laughs> until, until we know how John Hurt kind of shakes out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. It's but. Because of the line from Name of the Doctor of he what he what he did wasn't in my name. He this even even not knowing what the fiftieth contains and what is gonna happen with John Hurt, just from the knowledge we know, he may not be the twelfth incarnation of this person, but he's the twelfth doctor. Because by name only he's the doctor. I see what John Hurt wasn't the doctor. See, but I disagree because the, it's the same credits, person. the very well, end says, true. introducing John Hurt as the Doctor. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, we'll see. Well, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Stephen Moffat. 
Yeah, Stephen Moffat. Well, and everyone who filmed the fiftieth. That's true. <laughs> oh, you mean like Paul McGann? Oh, I hope. <laughs> did you see his recent Paul comments again? Paul again, though. On I know. Twitter. I know he did. Yeah. Although, if I was in it and trying to hold a really big surprise for everybody, there's there's got to be a reason why they're simulcasting this. And now that was another thing Keith and I talked about. We wondered if maybe this they was reason, this was a test to see Which how it the seemed simulcasting like it went were. Oh, seamless. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there were. T- I was on Twitter while I was watching this thing. There were people from all corners of the globe. <laughs> I couldn't get on Twitter. This thing. Oh, you couldn't. I, you- <laughs> I kept trying to get on <laughs> the Twitter. Internet melted. And the, the, the tweet. The stream- internet melted. <laughs> she says that. In the, 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 the tweet stream was like, <laughs> and I would get. It would come up with a number and say there's 57 new tweets, and I'd get four. <laughs> and then I would hit refresh, and it would come up and say there's 148 new tweets, and I would get two. And every time the number was bigger, and I'd get less, and it was like, well, I'm I was not even going to bother tweeting. But yeah, well, I, I was so on my I was getting too, to it, but it just people from all corners of the globe. Were was it trending? It had to have been. It trending. was. Doctor Who trended. Yeah. Doctor Who trended, and it, I think it's only trended one time, hasn't it? In the top ten. I don't 10. remember. So you didn't jump all over that. You didn't throw one out there. If you're watching the new Doctor special, come join us on Friday Night Who. <laughs> Travel in the vortex. <laughs> we could have been part of a trend. I didn't. Oh, well, but did you see that? that uh, did you see that Chrissy and? Um, uh, Brittany did a tweet along this afternoon themselves, and they had somebody else join that I, I had never heard before. Uh, they watched Fires of Pompeii and tweeted oh, yeah, along this afternoon. Uh, so Brittany was going to do that. Yeah, so that was that was neat. Good job, girls. Congratulations. And, and the guy that joined them, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be exclusive. <laughs> I, just, uh, I can't remember his name. I, 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 I uh, followed him after I saw him uh, tweeting along. So tweeting. You scared the dickens out of me. What? Well, because I, I wound up working late and missed the uh, Friday Night Who, which I felt bad about. I got there just—I I got there in time to see maybe half of it, but by that point, I was like, eh, I'm not going to pull the computer out. You didn't tweet on. much because I didn't. No, see I didn't, didn't tweet, at tweet at all. I didn't pull the computer out. I just stood uh. in my living room and watched. And what's weird is you didn't even sit down on the couch. I didn't even sit down. Well, uh, Drew came over to, to watch. He said you were there. He didn't know that uh, he's a huge Neil Gaiman fan. No, that was James. James, James was James, James was there. Yeah. Well, see, that was the thing. James came over, and then Drew asked because he he's a huge Neil Gaiman fan. And I said, well, you know, he wrote an episode of Doctor Who, and his eyes lit up. He went really, and he didn't know that. So I was like, yeah, he's well, he's written two now. And I said, in fact, we're doing one of them for Friday Night Who this week. And he goes, really? I said, yeah. I said, why don't you come over? He goes, okay. So he got permission from a wife, and he came over, and so he sat down and watched it, and kind of was like, this is. Way cooler than I think I've ever given this show credit for. So he's really intrigued now to go back and start well, but watching. Well, it was a game and exercise. Well, yeah, episode that he went. And, and it's a good one. Yeah, it's also a really a lot good of family one. Together. But so I walked in and he and James are on the couch, but there's no Keith, there's no Quinn. I'm kind of like, I have a new gang. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So I just stood there and watched the the end of the the doctor's wife. And then went back the next day and pulled up the the, the tweet stream and I went back because I, I like to double check for you know whatever reasons I miss. And uh, so I'm reading all these Friday Night Who tweets and they're all like, "Oh, I love Craig in this closing time Friday Night Who." Yeah, yeah this, is, this is a great bit with the Cyberman well. closing time Friday Night Who. And I was like, "Keith, you <laughs> moron! We're not doing closing time. We told everybody to watch the ducks." And then I thought. Why didn't James say something? Because he was on his computer on Twitter, and I bet he was going, how come none of these tweets match up? <laughs> <laughs> and, 
and I, I was about to give up, and I was just going to call you and go, what the hell, dude? But then I scrolled back just far enough, and you, I saw the one that you had posted about. Ah, I think I'm going to skip ahead and keep watching. Anybody else join in? Yeah, okay, we'll watch another one. So I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> well, I had stayed it was home. a short night, too. Yeah. Because we I had stayed home because I was getting my hair cut the next morning. So I wanted to be, try to get to bed at a decent you time. You strength. <laughs> okay, wait, stop. You... I had an appointment. You had an appointment in the morning. This is the strangest reason to stay home ever. <laughs> I had a hair appointment the next day. Okay, whatever. Yeah, you stayed it's, home. It's, it's me. It, it is, because it is a huge endeavor for him to get up before noon. Yeah, well, so that's what I get. It is before it, noon. He wants to make sure. But he stayed home. Twelve thirty. Oh, my gosh. She stayed home to get but up it, early and watched another episode. <laughs> but other, he's here the, in his jammies, I, comfortable. I, There's no drive time. I, I, I sympathize, Keith. I know exactly what you're because if I would have gone over, we may have watched another episode or stood around talking for another hour because yeah. it was weird that to leave so too. early. That happens and I wouldn't have got to bed till 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning as opposed to the 2 o'clock I got to this bed. This way, too. he turns the TV off and he's ready for bed. I, I, I completely understand, Keith. I know exactly what you're talking now, about. You stay home because you have beer in the fridge. Well, that's, that's it. <laughs> no, and this week I stayed home because I was getting all the car stuff together the night before. So I had it on in the background, okay. but I wasn't oh. tweeting. I, I was watching the tweets and... and and uh, watching the show, but I didn't tweet along much did, because did that's, I, I tweeted later. Uh, did Sean not show up tonight either? Because I, there was no Sean tweets in the stream. Did, did anybody else get that weird sense of like old time nostalgia watching the Doctor's Wife? Oh, because of I got well, I got this double whammy because first of all, it was like, hey, there's Rory and Amy. It's been forever. <laughs> and then they wound up in the nine console room, and I went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was such awkward timing, knowing that we were going to get an announcement on Sunday to go back and rewatch some 11th Doctor, <laughs> my favorite TARDIS team, even. Uh, I, Made not for me, because Holly's been watching it. But you're and kind of kids have been watching it, yeah. so I'm living it. Yeah, I'm, I'm bouncing all over the new, the new era. So... We got complimented, too, um, by both Drew and James. And one of the things that, even though neither one of them have actively listened yet, but they kind of peripherally take very much interest in what we're doing on the podcast, both of them kind of said the same thing. They think that the way that we do it, even though, because we've gotten some, some complaints before from other people saying, well, you bounce around all over the place. Why do you do that? Poor Keith. But both of them kind of said the same thing. It was like, there's kind of a method to that. There's, there's the, because th- that's really what Doctor Who's all about. Because you, you can sit down and watch the show and not have to feel like you need well, to digest we, all 50 years of it. That's yeah. why we called this Traveling yeah. Vortex. Yeah. Because we knew we'd you be bouncing just You don't have to watch it in order. Here, and right? you don't have to watch and, and James said that. James said, Doctor Who, the best way that he says that I can equate it is kind of like a comic book. He says, you can jump into a comic book anywhere along the, uh, along the, 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 the story. Time stream. Along the time stream. And at some point in time... If something important goes down, there'll be a little editorial box that pops up and says, "See the events of episode of issue number forty-five," and you can go back and figure out what's going on. Or or they will self-reference and go, "Do you remember that time that this happened?" You know. And he says that's kind of what Doctor Who's like. And so Drew's really he's really right now. His Drew's wife is a a huge Whovian. and really, yeah, she's she's a very big Who fan. But it's kind of been one of those that. You go watch your Criterion films in the other room, and I'll sit here and watch Doctor Who. <laughs> so, I think she may have finally wore him down. Well, I helped, you kind of helped. I yeah. helped. Introducing a demon. It's shake and bake, and I helped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shall we finally get on to feedback? We should get on to feedback. I, uh, I, I have something a little special prepared um, for this week in, in, in preparation and in honor of the 50th and, and everything that's going on. This is a 
it kind of came to me in the car one day, and it's a little something that I've come to think of as the Ballad of Doctor Who. No, it has nothing to do with the Last Chance Saloon. <laughs> oh, darn it. Get the earworm out. <laughs> you saw. It's, I saw the, the look on your face. face. It's not going there. <clears throat> but now that song's going through Brenda's head. So. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, we're The doctor, he does what he pleases. All of his lives, he's the master's toy. And deep in his hearts, he's just... He's just a boy Living his life one day at a time He's showing himself a really good time And he's laughing about the way they want him to be The lyrics wrote themselves (laughs) When you get caught between the moon and Gallifrey (laughs) I know it's crazy But it's true if you get caught between the moon and Gallifrey The best that you can do The best that you can do Is write feedback <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to go with Runaway there I could have gone with Runaway there I literally was in the car That song came on And I started singing these lyrics In the car on my way to work And I got to work and I went it's Tuesday and I'm it's done. <laughs> so I went home and wrote it down. I was like, "Who's got in?" Sweet, I couldn't believe it. Just uh, is Arthur is the Doctor's life. It's all there <laughs> without the booze. Laughing the way of the way he wanted him to be, and he's like, well, oh, "I'm not going to do that." And, without you know, the booze, Kurt, did like his wine. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, first up, and eleven did. Yes. <laughs> What is this? This wine. It's wretched. Uh, Brenda writes in. She says, checking in. Dear Vortex Gang. I'm glad she is. Oh, Brenda. Exciting stuff. I'm sure you will spend most of tonight dissect, uh, dissecting the announcement of number 12. And I'm We have done it. <laughs> frankly, knackered from the trip today. But I did want to check in and say I was overwhelmed by the Doctor Who experience. Every time I went around the corner, there was another treasure from the entire history of the show. I especially love the costumes of each of the doctors and all the assembled TARDISes, TARDIs, uh, <laughs> Sid rats. <laughs> just standing in front of each TARDIS felt surreal. Going from the first doctor through, through the current one. When I entered one room and saw the coral TARDIS with Ten's regeneration playing on a loop in the background, I was just speechless. I thought I'd seen a lot when I got to sign. Uh, when I got to a sign pointing upstairs and walked up to find an even larger space that featured a lot of monsters. All the modern companions, a snowman, and the globe of blowing snow, the Pandorica, the Oval Office, every Dalek known to the mind of man, displays of the costumes and makeup stations, and so much more. I took over 300 pictures. But I just don't have the energy to download them now. <laughs> so look for a more extensive report next week. I thought of you all so many times today when I was standing in front of Dr. Five's costume. Chrissy was with me. K-9 made me think of Keith and a display of all the Cybermen heads since the beginning. Brought to mind Sean and Cyberman Bob. 
<laughs> Bessie and Tom Baker's TARDIS and scarf made me think of Glenn. And I looked at everything especially intently so that I can do my best to bring you all... Bring all of you the taste of the experience. It's almost 1 a.m. in the U.K. now, and I'm still jet-lagged, so I'll sign off. Thinking of you all, Brenda in London. Brenda, I am so oh. jealous. <laughs> I didn't know that they had... I knew they had the, the one room with all of the costumes. I didn't know they had all of the TARDISes. I didn't know yeah, that I either. Didn't that, that, that either until, yeah. excites me on a level that I can't quite explain. <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome to get a picture in front of every era of yeah. TARDIS? That would be so... Yeah, cool. I mean, I just... The, I mean, the, the the sensation at Gallifrey, walking in and seeing it up there, mm-hmm. or or Planet Comic Con, and just see, there, this, there, there's, a, a there's a TARDIS, mm-hmm. and getting that kind of. Could you imagine walking into a room and having multiples of them? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And I, knowing that, I'm assuming they were all the actual screen used TARDISes, not just replicas. Maybe most of them, at least. I, I would, would bet there's a few of them that are real, but I would I would guess that. But just most knowing of that some of them could be real, I don't imagine they've they've kept a lot of those. It's not in the. I mean, they wiped. Yeah, they, they wiped them. They wiped the episodes. Wiped away I don't imagine the they kept props. But, 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 but at least that. from nine and ten, yes. they would oh, keep yeah. the outside. I'm sure. Those, and so knowing sure those, those two, were, oh yeah, on screen used versions would elevate that even more. Well, I don't remember which. I think it's on uh, Silver Nemesis that they talk a little bit about the production in that one, and the guy comments that he had the, the writer had this real surreal experience because he, he they, they were doing the location sh- uh, shooting, and he crested a hill, and there it was. The TARDIS had been you know carted out to this field in the middle of nowhere and plopped down for this location shoot, and he had that <gasps> moment because there it is. Mm-hmm. And he says, of course, the the reality of getting it out there was a whole other experience. You had to shoot it from a certain angle so that you didn't see the bulldozer tracks. <laughs> because apparently, and I don't know, I'm sure they don't still do this, but in the old days, because it was an actual uh, you know solid box and, and heavy and everything, um, they either the base or the entire thing was made out of concrete. And so they had a you know big forklift to bring the thing in and out and, and do that. So I don't imagine. I don't that, think it's how it is now. Yeah, I'm sure. No, that's now it's pre-plastered fiberboard, uh, plexiglass, something or another. Now we'll find this but, out next week. But she says all of the assembled Tardises. We don't know that every Tardis used in the production is there. She's just saying there were in my push. In my <laughs> mind, I'm just I'm just preparing you for next week. If she sends it, and there's only three. In my mind, they're yeah, all still there. Just more than one. And Idris. If, <laughs> well, Idris' desk dress is there. I'm not yeah, sure. They're, if they're, they're smart, there. they at the very least made reproductions so they yeah. could put it in front of each costume. I think that would be really neat. And then use obviously the costumes the, are in a different room. I think I've, I've, I've seen right. the I've, I've seen, seen the costume costumes, room. Yeah. Although they've done a lot. Of changing since well, well, it's, 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 it's more extensive now. Yeah. So. Every Dalek, you know what that means. <laughs> special weapons, special weapons Dalek. I can't wait to see your pictures, Brenda. Can't I, could you imagine? Be, I just, I'm, I'm overwhelmed just reading this, just just listening to her report so far. Could you imagine being there in person the day they make the announcement? <laughs> of the, I mean. She's got to have Doctor Who bleeding out of her ears at this point <laughs> in one in, you know, in Cardiff. I mean, wow. That's pretty cool. Yes, we're excited to see more Brenda, and we're looking forward to seeing the uh, pictures. And I hope whatever that, that other the, thing the, that you actually went there for goes well, too. Yes, well, and and, and the, the set tour she did. Yes. Yeah, she, she, she didn't talk about that at she all, so I can't yet. wait to she hear that. She's going to give us more extensive reviews. Oh, so. Okay. Who's next? Up next is David. David. David writes, Hey, Vortex Travelers. 
Oh, and his, his caption is, so, yeah, doctor. Been meaning to send in feedback for a while, didn't have time, etc., and it turns out I picked a terribly awkward time to decide to send it in. I won't be in a Wi-Fi-enabled zone from Saturday to next Saturday, so I have to give my thoughts on the new doctor without knowing who they are. Writing this at 1 a.m. on Friday, listening to ELO's version of Xanadu. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We did that joke once. <laughs> it's good, but not as good as New Doctor. Wow, he she will be great. Can't be. Can't wait to see how Moffat handles X in the role. I'm sure they'll do great. Roll X's first series, I say. I hope X gets to face off against Y. Wouldn't that be terrific? I sure hope people don't hate X. They're such a great actor. They should be a great Doctor. So yeah, I'm very pleased that X is the New Doctor. The jaded and exhausted David. <laughs> you know, you could put Peter Capaldi's name yeah. in there, and it would totally work. Yeah. Uh, let me reread that. Wow, he'll be great. Can't wait to see how Moffat handles Peter Capaldi in the role. I'm sure they'll do great. Roll on, Peter Capaldi's first series, I say. I hope Peter gets to face off against... Cybermen. <laughs> <laughs> Way to default to type here. Yeah. <laughs> Cybermen. Silurians. Wouldn't that be terrific? Ice Warriors. I sure people don't hate on Peter Capaldi. He's such a great actor, he should be a great doctor. So yeah, I'm pleased that Peter is the new doctor. The jaded, exhausted David. <laughs> You're right, it still works. See? Absolutely. Thanks, David. Thank we you hope you get some rest. Alright, up next is Rachel. Rachel writes, see if she has a Hello, thieves! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it says. Hello, thieves! <laughs> what, have I, what have I done now? <laughs> Why am I always being accused of things? First, our new doctor. Wow. The live show, for only being 30 minutes long, felt like a final episode of American Idol. As much as I enjoyed the retrospective bits, along with seeing Peter Davison and Bernard Cribbins in studio, I had no idea Bernard auditioned for John Pertwee's replacement. That was the coolest yeah. story. Yeah, it really was. was. It was awesome. <laughs> And then, what's the first thing I see? Tom punching a guy. <laughs> and Colin Baker in video. I wish they'd given Peter Capaldi more time to talk. However, from what I've seen, I think he will be. He is an excellent choice for the next Doctor. I love the fact that he's a fan and seems to understand what a big deal this role is with the history and the fan base. And I don't know much about Capaldi other than from the fires of Pompeii, which I must now watch again. <laughs> Uh, again, but I think it's very cool that they've pulled a Colin Baker. I don't mind that the Doctor will be older, although he's still not ginger. <laughs> I get a bit of an older David Tennant mixed with John Pertwee vibe from Capaldi. Not a bad combination in my opinion. I look forward to seeing how Capaldi makes the Doctor his own and the dynamic between him and Clara. And then she gives us a review of the Doctor's wife. The Doctor's Wife. This has to be one of my favorite episodes of the Matt Smith era. The writing is excellent and contains some of the best lines. The dynamic between the Doctor and Idris is funny yet heartfelt. The TARDIS has been the Doctor's one constant companion and knows him better than he probably knows himself. I love line... I love... I love the line after the doctor complains that the TARDIS didn't always take him where he wanted to go. Idris replies, I always took you where you needed to go. Chills. I like seeing more of the TARDIS and Amy and Rory, with Amy and Rory, even if it was mostly corridors. 
House messing with Amy and Rory was spooky, especially when Amy came across the walls covered in such hateful phrases aimed at her. I love seeing the old coral desktop. A great nod to Matt's predecessors. Well, that's all I have for feedback for now. Until next week, Rachel. That's where Thieves comes from, because he Tucker's stole his wife. Because, oh. <laughs> you know, that's what we did for Friday Night Who. I gotcha. Okay. And so. she didn't listen. She wasn't listening to us when we reviewed that. Right, she's a, she's a newer listener, so she's. I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm I'm ecstatic that she yeah. put a review in for the doctor's wife. That's wonderful. So I like to hear that. In fact, if we come across more that we've done that you haven't, please. Uh, and anybody who yeah, anybody. Yeah. And whenever we do a repeat and you didn't get to send in feedback when we reviewed that story, send it on in. Absolutely, I love to hear it. Up next is Mark. Mark writes, Peter Capaldi! Peter Capaldi! Wow! You guys should rewatch The Fires of Pompeii and Torchwood Children of Earth, but review it solely on his performance. And you can talk about how you expect his doctor to be, etc. Just an idea. Anyway, that's it for the short feedback. It's 2 a.m. across the pond, and I need sleep slash finish watching episode 8 of Castle. <laughs> Nathan Fillion is awesome. I want a bulletproof vest saying writer. I think we should market them as traveling the Vortex product. Anyways, good night, guys. <laughs> Mark, they're actually available uh, from ABC. You, Are they? You, you, you can, well, I don't imagine it's I'm a sure full-blown bulletproof vest. <laughs> I haven't tested mine yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should get them to say podcaster. Ooh. No. Okay. Lynn doesn't appreciate the reference. The money says no. I... I know the reference. I, I, I didn't say you didn't know it. I said you didn't appreciate it. I haven't got there yet. Up next is Chrissy, though. He poo-poos everything. <laughs> Chrissy writes, Striking 12. Dear Vortex Boys, Over the past few months, there's been tons and tons of speculation over the next Doctor. That's an understatement. <laughs> I said it before. The speculation and arguments were driving me crazy, and I tried to stay out of it. But the only time I really took any of the speculation seriously was last Thursday, when Peter Capaldi's name popped up. Me too. I have no idea why his name made me pay attention. Maybe it's because it was somebody I actually recognized, and the more I thought about it, the more I hoped it was true. For the past couple of days, I've kind of had my heart set on him being the doctor, which you should never do with anything. Get your heart set on it, I mean. So as I watched the Doctor Who Live special, and I was getting more and more tense for the announcement, and I was thrilled at the announcement... And I think I scared my roommate because she came running downstairs to see what I was yelling about. (laughs) Good thing she's been watching Doctor Who for the first time and she understands why this is so important. So it was all good. (laughs) Anyway, I'm as excited as can be for Peter Capaldi. Just his initial appearance on the live special and seeing how excited he was about it and the things he had to say about the show and its fans and its history. I can't wait. The best was when he said the show belongs to all of us, meaning the fans. And even including himself in that statement was wonderful. I'm eager to see what the dynamic will be like with an older, more established actor in the part and where they decide to take it. It's change, it's different, but that's what Doctor Who is all about. After the special was over, I kept up with what people were saying on Twitter. And maybe it's just the people I follow, but all I could see was praise and excitement over the announcement. No one said anything negative about Peter Capaldi as the Doctor. Now, I'm certain there are people who will find reasons to complain about the decision. People always do. But so far, that has been very minimal, which is great. I'm glad the majority of fandom has accepted the 12th Doctor into the family. I'm glad that they interviewed Matt Smith for the special, and that he was involved in some way. Even though I'm excited to get it all out for the 12th Doctor, I will still miss Eleven so very much. That's what this show does to you. 
You say goodbye and cry and are sad. And then 10 seconds later, you're enthralled with this brand new person who's just stepped into your life and captured your heart and made you laugh. It happened when David left. It's going to happen when Matt leaves. It doesn't mean that you love the one that just left any less. It means that you're invested in the character and you want to see how, and you want to see the show succeed. Matt may be leaving, but he's leaving us in very good hands. Think about it. We have two more specials with Matt Smith. Peter Capaldi will come in at the tail end of Christmas, and we have until next August or September to wait for 12's first full episode. That's one thing about being a Doctor Who fan. You quickly learn to have patience. <laughs> well, we got some time before we see the 12th Doctor. So in the meantime, let's talk Big Finish. Let's do. Kedrodia. What do I like? Kedroya. Kedroya. <laughs> I did. I put the extra D in there. I didn't think you'd be the one to mess it up. I knew I was going to. I worked at it and worked at it because I didn't. I, I just, it was one of those words that I looked at and my brain went, "That's a sci-fi word. Ignore." <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm not there, reading there, that. There's just some of these words that are in these big finishes that stick in my head. The other day, I was just playing Lego Lord of the Rings and, you and I had you draw it. You term is it? Oh, and it stuck in my head. You ever get a word just looping in your head? Yeah. That's what I had. You term is it? <laughs> Scared so. <laughs> you got that one. I still don't pronounce it that way. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't until they said it, and I, I stopped it. I stopped the audio play and backed it up and listened to it again so that I made sure I had it. And then I looked at it and listened to it. And I was like, oh, that totally makes sense. But for some reason, Kerdroya, I, I look at the words, the spelling of it, and my head goes, Droideka. I, I hear Phantom Menace when I see that word. I don't know why. They send in the Droideckas. They don't match for Droideckas. I don't know why. Kedroya. There we go. I'm going to put a Russian accent on it. Kedroya. That makes it better. What I like about the story is that we're finally getting a little bit more background on the divergence, not to mention some actual plot progression through the diverging universe. Sadly, ending penultimate. <laughs> Even from the very beginning, where the Croca is taunting Charlie and Cariz. 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 Now, seeing that spell, that throws me every yeah. time. Well, it's got an apostrophe in it. Sci fi writers, stop. Uh, and the Doctor's asleep. You can tell this is going to be very different from the previous Divergent Universe stories, since we haven't had much in the way of actual overarching <laughs> plot. Yep. <laughs> For that reason alone, I really enjoy this one. Plus, there's the added twist of dealing with the Doctor's different personalities, which is something lots of sci fi stories have done, though I don't know how much it's been done in Doctor Who. Not much, I don't think. No, you get a little bit of it with the uh, tenant doctor when it splits because yeah, you get he, the you get the kind of the early dark brooding doctor, yeah. and then the more sensible uh, modern or, or and and, and a little bit in the the, the Neil Gaiman Cyberman, yeah. although obviously so, an yeah. alternate influence is right, causing right, that, but exactly. but there. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, the next life. I forgot how long this particular story is. <laughs> I didn't leave myself enough time to listen to the whole thing. I'll tell you, I have to jump in here and say, because she, when we were both we were both on Twitter waiting for the special to start this afternoon, and she said, I should take this time to start my homework. And I didn't respond to her, but I thought, well, if you're just starting now, honey, you're not going to make it. <laughs> Who knew that Peter Jackson directed a big finish? Yeah. 
And did you, with, with all of the individual, because of course they, they break it at every half hour, you kind of feel like you're making traction. And then after you get to it's the still, seventh or eighth break, I'm going, it's the Daleks all over again. <laughs> it still felt longer. You said it was only six parts, though. It, it, but yeah, it's only six I parts. I swear it was seven. I, I swear <laughs> the, the to you. The parts felt longer I swear than to you, I got, big finished I got into the. Yeah, it wasn't half hours, by the way. I got into. <laughs> well, no, no, no. They, I think. Well, some of them were, some, some of them were, were shorter. Yeah. But. I got in there and I got to that seventh one or that sixth one, and I swear to God, I thought, "Oh, this has got to be the last one because we're in the sixth one." And then it went. What the heck? All right, finish. Note to self: Next time, don't leave it till Sunday of a special Doctor Who episode. But it was neat to have Daphne Ashbrook in a Big Finish audio. I've also heard her in Yee So in a Big Finish Companion Chronicle. Not as Grace and Chang Lee, but I have a way to make that fit in my head canon, which I'll talk about at some <laughs> other time. And if I remember right, this is the big finale to the Divergent Universe, which is a relief. It took us long enough to get there, didn't it? It is nice to get some more of Karis' background about the Church of the Foundation, but it feels a little rushed. They probably could have done a separate story about that in the lead-up to the story arc instead of all those filler episodes in the Divergent Universe. But, oh well. It's there, and now we're out. So, hooray. It's getting late, and I need to send this, so that's where I'll end it, and await your and everyone else's thoughts on the 12th Doctor. Chrissy. Thank you, Chris. Chrissy didn't Chrissy. have a PS here, did she? No, she no. didn't. Okay, good. And we will certainly uh, talk a little bit more about that soon. And our final piece of uh, feedback, or feedbacks, comes from Holly. <laughs> comes from Holly. We're going to do these in reverse order, Holly, because uh, we're going to do 12th Doctor, your reaction first, and then you have some reviews as well. So she writes, hey guys, thought I would send in another piece of feedback with the announcement of the 12th Doctor. The special was good, so very glad there were no commercials. It was nice to see Bernard Cribbins there. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Peter Capaldi brings to the role. Sorry if you got two emails within the same sound back. Uh, for the audio stories, just sending some email. Oh, and I don't think yeah, I you don't need to read this. that yeah. I'm blaming the uh, space buffalo. No, you got yeah, to read, that. Have to read that because I do that remember part. that. I was sending the email from my phone and it said it sent, but nothing showed up in the sent folder. I'm blaming the space buffalo on that one. <laughs> if you ever get feedback in the email about the audios, I care Droya somewhat enjoyed. Uh, we'll read that. that we, we, uh, yeah, we, we got the detail. Yeah, we, we, we got the detail. Space buffalo. I just wanted space to hear you. Yeah, I forgot. When I read that, I chuckled at that. She's blaming the space bubble. You should always blame the space bubble. In fact, always it used to be gremlins. You blame things on gremlins. Now I'm blaming everything on space, space bubble. When in doubt, space buffalo. <laughs> Why were you late to work today? Space buffalo. Space buffalo. Don't be a space buffalo. Stay in school. <laughs> All right. She also wrote earlier in the week. Hey, where's our one? artist at with that? Why don't we have that? One thirty-six Cardoria in the next life. You stopped like you were surprised. I was surprised that I got it out. <laughs> hey, guys, great last podcast. Cardoria. I did it twice. An interesting audio. The Doctor getting split into three was interesting, and I loved how Charlie gave the nicknames of Tigger and Eeyore, Eeyore to the other two versions of the Doctor. Croca also needs to know that yelling and screaming at the Doctor to do something will make him less likely to do it. <laughs> Not too much else to say about this one. Had to restart this one a couple of times to follow along with what was going on in the a- with the action. The next life. The wrap-up of this story with Zagreus and the return appearance of Rassilon. Man, talk about a schemer. Did not like Rassilon one bit. I've always been of the opinion that what the Doctor does and stands for 
gives the Time Lords a good name, granted at times what he does might be a little on the shaky side. But Rassilon is really taking the cake and giving the Time Lords a bad name. The ending with the Doctor telling both Charlie and Kariz that they can't compete against each other um, was, I think, rather well-timed. The two of them were really going at each other's throat at the time of this story, and I'm not sure if they were, just just like all friends-slash-families do on certain occasions, get tired of one another if this was from Kroka and Rassilon stirring the pot. That's that's a good good point. point. That actually puts a little bit of that story in perspective, which I'll talk about. Looking forward to hearing your thoughts and everyone else's on these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. So, thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. Thank you, Holly. And we're glad that the audio got to us and the Space Buffalo did not interrupt its delivery. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Let's do. First up, Caradroya. In Self-Exile, the Eighth Doctor has been trying to work out the meaning of the cosmic game he has been forced to play. With the answer within his grasp, can he finally beat the Kroka and get his TARDIS back? Dun, dun, dun! Yeah, with, 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 with an asterisk. <laughs> with an asterisk. <laughs> with an asterisk. What's the asterisk? This was... Um, I loved the story. I loved the feel... I loved the performances. I loved the funny. I thought it was very, very witty, very well written. Uh, Paul McGann knocked it out of the park. There was never a moment where I didn't know which of the personas was talking. And and, and never a moment where he was dull. Never a moment oh, where he yeah. was boring. Just every word, everything. Got, and it. I don't know about you. It felt like Douglas Adams wrote it. It had moments that were that kind of manic and over-the-top and funny with a lot of the interpersonal play. Yeah. Now. No, it, but it was it was very imagery-wise. Ima- yeah, okay, there you go. It, yeah. was, it was Douglas Adams. Comedy-wise, it wasn't. It was still funny, yeah. but it, did, it didn't have the same wit. The, the, the downfall was the story. This is the, the, the epitome of a, as, as Monty Python would say, is kind of knees bent running about and nothing happens. You know what this is? We it's sp- a pacer. Yeah. This, this, this story is a, a pacer. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, we, we spend three episodes of this literally doing nothing. nothing. Mm-hmm. We spend time in the maze. We spend time in corridors. We spend time in the clock tower. And none of it's real. All of it's made up. And we know that. We're led into that fairly early. And yet we continue to run around and yeah. do nothing and get nowhere until the very end. And well, it was frustrating to, after we've spent so much time in the Divergent Universe, feeling like we're getting nowhere, to get an episode that was so enjoyable where we literally went yeah. nowhere Yeah, for being so close to but, the end. But it, but it also... But I, I recognize the fact in the plot that we they were just running around getting nowhere, but it f- almost felt like we... It wasn't until the end when I stopped and looked and thought... Oh, we didn't really go anywhere mm-hmm. during the during the ride. It felt like we were getting someplace it, because we're going towards the TARDIS. We're dealing with the Croca. Yeah, fortunately, it's a short. This is probably one of the shorter uh, big yeah, finish yeah, stories. It was yeah. like one twenty five or something like that. Yeah. It was nothing at all, which is great when you have two stories and one of them is three hours. But um, no, here's the thing I had about this: is I was actually very forgiving at the fact that there was a lot of running around doing nothing 
Because the acting, as you said, was superb. The performances were wonderful. It was enjoyable to hear. A lot of the dialogue we're, we're was great. Exploring more things. But I, what made me forgive it even more, and then really stabbed me in the back, was I felt like we were getting the base of what Croca was, yeah. and what he was doing, and we were we were unraveling the mystery, and then sadly we're left at the end with. Even more mystery. We don't know anything about Croca. Everything that oh, we have said here was, then, is, is, was deduced by the doctor is not what it really is. Now, there's a little bit of that there. but So not, the things that we felt we were being unlocked about the character really weren't. Yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of all thrown out. But it was it was that that hope, or, or at least I was perceiving that's where we were going with it, was that I was fine with everything else that was going on because I thought, well, this is just a character study in, one, in, our, in, in, a, in the particular character in the stories that we have known little about. The yeah. Doctor has let on that he has figured it out, but he still hasn't shared much of it with us. So, uh, I, I did learning I more yeah, about Croca, And too. I enjoyed this story. I didn't hate yeah. it, even though we're going nowhere. It was just, it was a fun romp. It's really, really, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And uh, I, I'm not saying that there's not a place for those. You guys know me. I love fun romps. I'm all for fun. Hey, this one makes no sense. Great, bring it on. I'm ready. <laughs> but for the penultimate, there's Keith's favorite word, yeah. episode in this, you know, very long, drawn out, divergent universe arc, I expected better. Yeah. Or not better, yeah. but different. I just. The Diver- I don't know. The Divergent Universe has had me on my heels since episode one, and I, I just I haven't quite been prepared for anything they've thrown at me. So maybe it's just par for the course. Uh, I can't say enough good about the 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 the, the, the episode because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I had such a fun time listening to it, but we didn't go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I just I thought we were going somewhere. I wanted to go somewhere, and we didn't go anywhere. You know what I enjoyed most about this is it fixed something that I've, I've had a problem with. And it's, I, I think it started just before we went into the Divergent Universe, but it's been at, at its absolute worst, is the unevenness of the Eighth Doctor, mm, yeah. of the character of the Eighth Doctor. Because especially felt, once the Zagreus stuff, he goes so dark. Yeah, I have felt it's the character's been very uneven from story to story. And what this did is it split the Doctor <laughs> into three characters, and all of these characters are... Personalities of the Doctor we've been dealing with, especially in the Divergent universe. Yeah. And I went, wow, whoever wrote this, and I, I, I wish I had it pulled up right now, um, they did a nice job of... Lloyd Rose. Even if it was like accidentally fixing some of the issues I had with the inconsistency with the writing of the other stories. And that totally fixed it for me and was just a wonderful aspect of it not not only did McGann play each of the characters uh, the personalities wonderfully but that just fixed a lot of things mm-hmm. that have been wrong with me and kind of set me off foot in the divergent universe as far as the character of the doctor and i loved that i thought it was fantastic hmm. this is the only big finish he's written well what was his name uh her name. Her name. Oh, Lloyd Rose. Lo- Lloyd? Good. Nice job. Thank you very much. And according to the TARDIS Wikia, as of 2013, this episode had the distinction of being the only full-length piece of performed Doctor Who to be written by an American woman. Oh, wow. Bravo, we say. Yeah. Well, good job, Lloyd. Love it. All right. It was refreshing to hear Charlie... Back to Charlie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She was very Charlie in there. Um, 
because we, we've had some not so much Charlie in the last couple. It's kind of felt like, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I, I, I felt very strongly that I liked the fact that she was back to her roots, so to speak, and and and, and just being. And even Mel commented on it. She says, "I really miss listening to Charlie, even though she's heard most of these other ones." <laughs> It's almost like Charlie wasn't in them. Yeah, right. yeah it was right. almost like it was somebody else. I was a little worried when they split the Doctor into his three component selves and realized how Paul McGann heavy the story was going to become. I, there, there was there was a moment where I I, I kind of thought, wow, I, I hope I hope this works still. And it did beautifully. Yeah. I, I just, well, splitting them up for a while too helped. Yeah, yeah. having Charlie off go off with the Broding one and and Chris uh, go yeah, Chris go off with Tigger, and then which, which that was such a nice balance of right. the characters. Right. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that was the Douglas Adams Except moment. For, the monster that chased them, <laughs> and Chris well, wouldn't let him turn around. Visually, yes, that was yeah. Well, well, and, and, and the giant like, rabbit. What, is yeah. it, what does it look like? Well, I just just keep running. Does it, off, have, you know, does it have feet? Uh, no, hard but, to but, hard to describe. <laughs> you know, and he just wouldn't ever pin it down. Yeah, I love that so much. That was I just top marks. I I love that. Well, and and in the sense of splitting them off, sending. I mean, it was it would have been writing wise. And character-wise, it would have been so much easier to send Charlie off with the Tigger Doctor and Kariz off with the uh, the Broding Doctor yes. because they're, I mean, they're really kind of that's their personality. Yeah. But by splitting them the by other way, the you had that dynamic. It, it you know, just it. it really kind of did. Well, and it, it showcased. I, I kept flashing back to to the movie because the oh the, yes. the, the Tigger Doctor is very much these shoes. They fit wonderfully, yes. and he goes running off. That's that's yes. his thing. Yes. And the, the, the Eeyore Doctor's a little bit more of the... The darker that we've had in the audio, the yeah. grayest. And how phenomenally serendipitous, maybe it's just me, that we get to that moment where he corners Kuroka, and Kuroka's boasting and doing his thing, and you won't hurt me, you're the Doctor, your interpretation procedure, blah, 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 blah. And he's monologuing, and the Doctor goes, which, which part am I? Yeah, you've got the other one, the, the idiot locked up over here, and you've got this one. They keep me in check. <laughs> I, yeah. knowing I, I, that we're going into name of the doctor type stuff, I was like, <gasps> yeah. <laughs> and it's it's, I I flashed also to Eccleson and how that part of him is now more on the surface with Eccleson and getting pushed down. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's We're nice foreshadowing almost yeah. when this was written yeah, before oh, any yeah. of that yeah. came So out. before any of that, but just, just well, not fits. So I'm so glad this one far. wound up coming in right when it did. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, November 2005 or four was yeah. when it was released. Yeah. Because so. they were they were wrapping, trying to wrap this up because the show was coming back. Right, right. Um, the other thing I thought was very clever was Every time I heard croak, I kept thinking of frog. And I, it's wonderful that he says, I finally get to see you. And he says, well, I imagined you looking like a large frog. I thought, I thought so did I. But they never described what he <laughs> no, looked like. But I was, I was I appreciated the fact that it wasn't a yeah. large frog. And he says, I, oh. I pictured you as, as a large frog. And I thought, oh, well, so did I. <laughs> Good, you're not. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and, no and anthropomorphized animals no more, in this. And, 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 and Even in the, my big finish. I love that the Doctor and, and his relationship with Croco was so... It's, 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 it's <laughs> fun for the Doctor to finally have the upper hand. It's it Kirk is. kicking uh, 
uh, oh, what's his name? Christopher Lloyd in the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have had I enough have of you. Enough <laughs> of you. <laughs> and when he locks him in his mind, and he's just, just toying with him. <laughs> oh, a bit of cheese. Sorry. I don't normally invite people over. <laughs> you know, he's, he's still being the doctor, but he's he's the doctor. You know, it's, it's you know. He's the great powerful Oz here. Don't mess with me, how man. Did you, how did you survive? Uh, yeah. How did the mind blast not affect you? Mine is more like a mind bump. Or something. <laughs> That's chiding crow. Yeah. So good. I've been subjected to mind probes, and <laughs> and I thought of Pertwee on the table yeah. when the Daleks yep. were scanning him, yep. and you know, <laughs> brain drains, and, and, and just on and on and on. And the everlasting match that doesn't really last. <laughs> that that was a nice bit. Yeah. I love the Everlift. I, 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 and then I, the fact that they call back to it again later. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you got? I got a candle holder. Well, that would have been good. <laughs> 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 oh, so many good moments. And, and again, the, the chemistry, the chemistry between all these characters worked so well because it, it didn't matter if it was the Doctor and Croca or the Doctor and Charlie or yeah. the Doctor and Chris. Everybody had that moment. And then later, when when Charlie and Chris are put together. And I, I really got, and maybe it's because we finally got what I kind of consider to be my Charlie back, how well they play off of each other. They have fantastic chemistry together. I would agree. It I was, agree. It was I, I really, really, really liked the story, even though we didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I, really yeah, I did too. I, I enjoyed not going anywhere, though, so... If you can do that, well, and maybe that's it. If if, if, the, if, if, you know. if you hadn't dangled that carrot of we're almost at the end of mm-hmm. this, <laughs> and we just had this, we're not going anywhere, right? You know, this is just a day it's in the life. It's a pacer. I'd have really been what it is. I'd it's have been a, a pacer story it. to get us to the end without really doing anything. It's, it's, it's just the, the way to get them back to the TARDIS, yeah, really, more much. than anything else. That was the nice thing too. Is it, the, another, there, there another, was there was a wonderful yeah another wonderful moment. Is the fact when they show up and they they at, at the TARDIS that that was so great. Well, when, <laughs> when he they, figures oh, out, yeah. they're actually does he know that he's trying to get us to break into my TARDIS into our own TARDIS? And he's like, I guess I I don't think he does. <laughs> that was just kind of that funny moment of he's having us break into our TARDIS. <laughs> Okay, that was great. And then at the end, when they walk, when they and oh yeah, we didn't prepare you. Okay, uh, it's big on the inside. Oh, by the way, well, I like the interchange at the beginning when the doctors say goodbye to Chariz and yeah, and and, and they're like they're confused, like what? what? And then of course, as they walk in, and then it's just the doctor. He's rejoined, and I like the aspect of the fact that it was the TARDIS that's splitting into three. That was cool to get them through the the uh, inner zone there. That was neat. I love great the, idea. Yeah, and and it really then, was. Then he had, in order to communicate, had to spread out the kind of triangulate to, the, to send the message. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like to send that message. I love the bit in the inner zone too, where he's <laughs> so dismissive of Croca. He's asleep. Yeah. And Charlie Chris is like, and and Charlie oh, okay, is actually the one trans. figuring out. And Chris kind of jumps on as well, but Charlie's the one figuring out that while they're in the inner zone, if the doctor's sleeping, then. Uh, they don't. They, they can't go anywhere. Exactly. They can't, they go, can't anywhere. go anywhere. I loved that. The um, now one little bitty nitpicky complaint about the ending with the TARDIS. Didn't the TARDIS effectively die when when we got to the Divergent Universe? Didn't that like was the, all the power, everything go and she shut down the doors, opened, kicked them out, and no, the because they had to decide whether to leave. They like it, it, it kind of shut down, but I got the impression that was yeah. because of now in hindsight, because of the experiments right. and where she landed, 
that it was kind of the Kroka pushing them out. Okay. Yes. And yes. his influence on the TARDIS. Because remember, the TARDIS then leaves. Yeah. yeah. And so it because has some sort it, of power it to didn't like where it landed. Well, yeah. it was the heads. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. But, so it was getting itself out of danger. Okay, but I, I just, I, I kind of, when, when they when they he jumped back in and we're, we're finally, we're at home in the TARDIS. And it's taken so long to get yeah. there. And it's taken so long to get there. And then all of a sudden it's just everything powers up and we dematerialize and we get that moment of, Oh, that feels well. Good. That's when they but start. Kind of like, that's when they start playing with the whole idea that that there there is some sort of time energy and time element here as well. Even yeah. though this is a, a universe well, devoid of time in the, in the interzone too. But right. that was more tracking the TARDIS. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying though. Is is that because we so that gave me an indication that it, it was it wasn't necessarily everything it seemed from the beginning. And as Keith said, that's when I sort of thought the same thing is that that Croca was kind of had pushed them out eventually. Initially, in order to take the TARDIS, or ultimately wrestling to, yeah. to, to take the TARDIS. And was it at the end of this one, or the beginning of the next one, where they're talking about, well, yes, we have the TARDIS; we can go anywhere in the in this universe, but not any when. Yes. They did, so, they, so they, they still they, just, they have that yeah, issue. Yeah, we can travel still. anywhere in space, just not in time. And I, I, it, and from that part also, it almost gives the impression of because of the time aspect. That's why the TARDIS was acting as weird as it was when it landed. I'm sure she went through it, it just like the doctor losing the yeah. land. The TARDIS, yeah. who lives in the vortex, probably went, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably even worse for the TARDIS. There's got to be. Well, and, and you'd sort of assume that's why she had such a hard time. She couldn't get that signal to him directly. Yeah. So by splitting him and being able to kind of spread that signal out, that 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 makes that makes that make more sense as well mm-hmm. because nothing's linear here as well. So. Nice, I, I like a that. nice little bit of serendipity as well that we watched the doctor's wife yeah. for Friday Night yeah. Who this episode yeah. with uh, her sending the pretty one telepathic messages. Yes. <laughs> Although we did we did go through Zagreus where the TARDIS was acting quite. Of course, that was affected by the anti time. Yeah, yeah, but it, where the TARDIS went through this very dark. <laughs> she can be forgiven. Interchange with the uh, doctor. <laughs> She can be forgiven for that. I, I still think it was a sickness. I think it was just I think like it was the affected by yeah. the antitone. All right. Let's move well, on to the next slide. Ultimately, it was really Zagreus, too, because oh. we'll get to that as yeah. well, because that, that was really that was a, I, interesting twist for me. That's but. where this kind of took its turn for the better. Well, I don't I think. know if it was for the better, but yeah. For the more interesting <laughs> Uh, let's let's okay. let's that's, delve that's into this one because it. I'm I'm hot and cold on this one. Washed up on a beach on a beautiful island, the Eighth Doctor is rescued by a strangely familiar woman named Perfection and begins a journey to discover the dark secret at the end of his exile to the Divergent Universe and the return of an old enemy that could hold the key to its end. Anyone? He's hot and cold. <laughs> I'm hot and cold on this one. I, I am too. I can't dun 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 it, but I wouldn't give it a horn. Yeah, I um, am too. I. <laughs> This one's almost too long for its own good. I agree. Because we spend so much time tromping around the jungle and explaining what's what the history of everything. While the history is interesting, I think we could have delved that history out throughout the entire Divergent mm-hmm. storyline. That's what I think Chrissy pointed yeah. out, too. And that's that. where it would, it would those would have been less filler. We would have learned these things. We could have showed up on the island. Rassilon's there with Kroka and uh, Keep and Perfection. And then had this big battle t- towards whatever to the uh, gateway 
to the, what it was there. There were well, parts of it that during that where they're jumping back and forth and everybody's explaining a little different backstory. That was neat. That was very well done. Very so yes. well done, and that was very cool. And I almost, even though that was the info dump episode, because it felt like that was a whole episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was an info dump, and it was info dump. I almost felt like that was the best part of it. Mm-hmm. it they did a really, really nice job with an info dump, and not, I mean. Most info dumps are just very, oh, okay, here it is. Here it is. Here it lay it out, and it's pretty standard and dry. But this was done in such a clever way that you were just uh, you were you were captivated by how it yeah. was being told. And, and it was a great story. There were, th- this one, this one very much felt like it borrowed a lot. Well, here's the problem, though. Going back, we spend so much time with Cariz and Charlie hooked up to the receptionist. Res- yeah, there's there's a whole part before they even to, get to the, to the island. yeah the these little dream, dream weavers the dream weavers yeah, yeah. and which we did do you they, get we, it? did you see what we did there the person <laughs> you know and the person that that Chris Kirk connects to is his his dead wife or yeah his dead wife initially and Chris or, uh, Charlie connects to her mother and that becomes the apparitions that kind of and we go through this whole idea of them exploring basically their their own characters and how everything is developed and how 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 they kind of fit into everything that's gone on so far, only to come down to the fact that it's Rassilon and Kuroka, Kuroka basically just manipulating the situation so that one or the other or both, hopefully, will turn on the Doctor. Yeah. So we go through this whole mess of, oh, we're going to explore some some idea and what, some rationale as to why they, they, you know, they went this way and how the characters developed throughout this entire story. And they're kind of looking back and dealing with how where they've come from point A to point Z. And then there's like this, like, now we've woke up... Z. <laughs> oh, did I say Z? You said Z. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. You're that's, American. I'm sorry. The, I have to, the I have Anglo-Saxon to, coming I, out. I, I, I have to blow the shenanigans horribly. Anyway, um, A to Z. And, uh, but so there's, there, it's like we're building this wonderful story and this, this, this exploration of character, and then we dump into, well, it was just really kind of... It was being manipulated yeah. as we went along. We're, we're, we're the, the, only, the only plus side is it continues with... Then we unhook them from the machines, and we're done with all that. Well, I, I don't know... We're done with that with Charlie, but it seems like we continued that with Garris because of him meeting his father and the exploration but, of the see, foundation. But here's and the all problem. I, but then we get into a different issue because he still has the character of Kariz that's been been building in the sense that he, when he figures out that he you know it isn't really his wife that there, there's no Chris turns into a completely different character halfway through this, yeah. and that's where I have a problem with. See, this. I think that's where they should because yes, if you're going to utilize one or the other, you utilize Chris to be the one that trades that is the traitor on the Doctor, but his motivations become very robotic, and that's the problem. Yeah. Is that he goes clear back? He almost slides too far back. Well, even beyond the Chris we know. See, and I, I thought it, that. Was interesting, but it didn't seem to fit in this story. It doesn't. It should have been a yes. separate story in and of itself. Well, I think it should have been done earlier. I think maybe yeah. that was and the then deal. He disappears for an exploration, and then shows up with his dad on this island. Also, as as Chris has gone along, he shows up, and we get this dollop of who this guy is, yes. and the darkness and, and that is it. in his past, and that's it. And then all of a sudden he's a companion and he's along for the ride. And he does all the knees bit walking about with them through the rest of the Divergent And universe. we try to go somewhere with the whole him go having that, you know, when they, they oh, go to the... Oh, in the uh, Faith Yeah, place. the Faith 
uh, zone, and he has that where he almost tries to kill Charlie. And, and there's an inkling of it, but not much. Not enough. So, so now we yeah. get to this, and we finally get Carissa's backstory. We find out that he was more than a priest, that he or a monk, whatever they called him, that yeah. he was, you know, and that the, the, the religion that they have is that everybody should be dead. Yeah. Let's kill everybody. <laughs> right. And he was good at it. And it's like, whoa. And build it. And they gave us all this fantastic backstory on Chris, and I was so excited. And then he meets his dad, who's the, you know, and that was a huge revelation. But Rasslin's already turned him. Yeah. And it became very villain of the week now. Right. And and, 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 and worse. That's exactly right. They turned him in Turlo. Yeah, oh, that's well, that's true. what it felt. Yeah, it felt already very, had this. Yeah, it felt very Turlo, and that's the problem is because we went from and we almost did a reverse Turlo, where we had this almost um, faithful companion turned into this guy that's ready to you know kill the doctor, which makes the end of this even worse because he does nothing to redeem him. So Turlo redeems himself. Yeah, it's true. Chariz does nothing to redeem himself, and then suddenly we're ready to have him. Back as a companion again, and that that did not set well with me at all. Yeah. And the whole exchange between Charlie and Kariz and the Doctor on the one saying you guys have to get along. Here. I was saying, screw you, Doctor. She's right. He <laughs> he needs to be booted out of this TARDIS because he turned his back on you. Side. He was ready to yeah. sell you out to get his old life back, and he has no remorse and no redemption for well, it. And, the, and you're ready to take him into our universe with you. The weird thing they is better that, be setting something else up. The weird thing is that it wasn't. All, it was almost not even for the, the the doctor. Just kind of assumes that it was for his old life back, and Rassilon backs it up. But more than anything, it was just Kariz didn't want Charlie to find out that he had this checkered past. Yes, yeah. that was his motivation. It was like, that's it. You yeah. think you guys aren't close enough by now that she'd be like, <laughs> that she knows you, you would... killed your wife. Yeah, <laughs> she forgives you for, ch- and she's helping you work through the fact that you're having issues with the fact that she you killed your wife. She forgives the fact that she, you tried to you kill, tried her, to kill twice. her Exactly. Yeah. And so it's so just the fact that you've killed her. a lot of people, you're all I of a sudden just, worried about. That did and not I can't, set well I can't help but wonder if, if his motivations for doing that. Do, do you think Kariz maybe is in love with Charlie a little bit? I could see that. I mean, is, is it is but, it more than have, just, I don't want her a, to think bad of me? Is it, they is have such it, a brother-sister almost kind of relationship. Well, that's do. just that's it. That's why I, 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 that's why I'm I having, can't see that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. What, that, well, I'm, I'm, I'm think, reaching. I think the I'm trying and to find Charlie a have the brother-sister relationship, and other people don't seem to think that. Well, well no, Charlie they didn't. But no. No, Charlie didn't. <laughs> well, I don't even think the doctor did. I don't think the doctor did. I think we... Had the brother sister. I think he was. I think there's. They explored that love aspect. Very best there. of friends. Well, that's no. They explored that. There's more than just best friends aspect there. But then they've 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 realized that it can't be any more than what it is. Is what's yeah. so they've backed off. Of yes. Them. Yeah. And now it's brother. And it's, sister. it's 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 addressed by Charlie in this story as well. She says. Oh, you both know, of them talk. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. They did. So and it's interesting too that in also in Turlo fashion we didn't get Turlo's backstory until the very last. You know, episode yeah. with him. I mean, this isn't the last episode with Chris, but it, I mean, it felt. It, it essentially is because it's the last of his universe. It's the last of his universe. And just there was uh, so much there that I wanted to like that it was like, this is fantastic, but where are you going with it? And then they got to where they went with it, and it was like, that was all we got. I, I don't, I, eh, I don't know. Well, that's where I get warm on this again because, like I said, I get hot and cold on this story because then. I really was fascinated, even though it's it's a borrowed idea, I was really fascinated with the fact that Rassilon had kind of started this, you know, cycle 
that's going on here. Yeah. And ultimately, was... he pulled the doctor in so that he could get out of that. Mm-hmm. But he was like, because, well, you know, it's like, well, I'm here, I'll make the best of it. And so he creates this cyclical universe and has to use, is trying to use the doctor then to get out. And so it's, it's a little different on this, this time around. But then it's like, what a fascinating idea, but it's like then they, then they don't really explain more upon what's going on because now we've also got the uh, there's a greatest character which is fantastic that that has been hiding as as perfection and and you're not let on at that at all. Oh, no, so I, I loved the I mean, idea I, that I that, was, that services. I knew there was and something not got, right with. Her. I knew there was something not right. And but we've got um, yeah. the French guy, which was not French until the end, and then was, and they tried to explain that, and it was weird, but I... It seemed I, weird. I, I did not I, pick up was, initially. I what, thought it what was, was a the dip- guy, uh, Keep. 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 Then we've got Keep, who's this other aspect, and we find out that he's this... Basically, he just absorbs everything, he's, and he's, he's the done. Thing from the first story. Yeah, he's yeah. done. I'm scared so. Exactly. He's ready to go into this. So he's also going to use the Doctor in order to get to this... or Well, the door, to get to this other universe where he can then uh, you know, absorb there. And It was too many ideas. I like the idea that they went back to the first story with Keep. But it just felt so forced yeah. the entire time. That was the the, the, the the lovely moment was when when Rassilon and Crota get dumped into the yeah the beginning <laughs> that, that of this nice. thing, and the dialogue is almost word for word mm-hmm. on a lot of that. And I thought that was neat. that walking? was a neat yeah. little touch to, to to do that and put them in the situation that Charlie and the Doctor were in. Did you originally? Keith can't attest to this. Glenn, did you get a little bit of a dark tower feel with these two stories? Just a little with, bit. With Kedroia, the, I can the idea see it. of the I castle but that I can rotates see it. to yes. face all the lands, yes. and that because of all roads converge there, and this idea of this uh, uh, cylindrical universe that everything's... And everything's on a spoke to this one to point. This one yeah, point. I, I, I can see that. I, I wonder maybe if that's not where they were drawing some of their inspiration from to try and pull something like that off. Could be. But... It didn't sure work. So well, didn't, sure, didn't, <laughs> sure didn't make it. But maybe yeah. that's my problem with it is that it was done pretty well in the Dark Tower. Yeah. I mean, the concept works really well. This one, I, you know, it just if the if I could have forgiven Chris if I didn't feel that there were too many things, too many storylines going on here. I think that's that, I that's where this. I wouldn't have been bothered less by it. That's where this story I love falls it. down. Is there's it's juggling too much and it's yeah. too hard to keep track of right. everything that's going on. And, and and it's almost like we had to do three hours of story in order to no, no let's trim it down and make it let's streamline it a little bit. If you want to go with the uh, the foundation story, let's go with the foundation story. If you want to, it's like we threw everything in it just to to try to wrap things up to to, to explain where we came from. Scherzo to wrap up the Zagreus idea, which I'm glad they did all. Yeah, that. I yeah. just wish they hadn't done it all Only here. One. Now, are are we complaining because they did a poor job of wrapping up all these other ideas, or is it because they had all these other ideas out there and initially would have gone in a longer? We we would have got more stories for this to play out. Had it not been for New Who coming back, well, that could be that they well, I, 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 think, I think they should have. This might consider might have that been. and put more of this stuff early on. Well, but they may not have known that. They well, may have, yeah, I mean, but just the diversion instead of being I don't know what it but, is eight then, episodes. Maybe they were we planning on doing fourteen. But then we would have complained about the six, <laughs> which would have of been the, uh, that were just filler, and then six more than, uh, or the, and that's six more that the uh, six Doctor got. <laughs> 
<laughs> Trial of Time. Trial of time. But yeah, I just I I, I mean I, I'm not I, I agree I, with I just, you. If, it, if, I think if they needed to delve delve it out more evenly, regardless, it, it feels but a bit like it's, Revenge of the I think Sith. We've got yeah. too much in the final episode. I think his point is, is, is that, that, that maybe that was the plan. Yeah, to, to stretch out what was in this three hours, but decided, well, we got to get them out of the Divergent universe now because the new series is coming back, and so we we just threw everything into the pot and made stew. If, if, if this I don't episode, hate this story. No, I don't hate the story hate either, it. but it, it's, it felt like it borrowed a lot. It, it fe- just felt like... The guy playing Rassilon, um, who he, he played Rassilon prior, uh, what was his name? Uh, Don Warrington. Did a great job. Anybody else think he was channeling Orson Welles? Yeah. I mean, just... I he, totally got Orson Welles out of it. I, and it he did an as, okay job, but it felt like the, uh, I think it's you know, the, the mustache-twirling villain is really what it's it It's the felt. way it was written more than anything yeah. else, because the Rassilon we've experienced beforehand was nothing like this Rassilon. Yes. Now, this admittedly, was he's been stuck here master. for a while. He was essentially being the master... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then and that's got, not what I expect from Rassilon. <laughs> the whole jungle hunt bit. Should we call him Masterlon? Masterlon. <laughs> The whole jungle hunt bit, the whole time I'm going, Octopussy. Yeah. <laughs> this is a James Bond plot. Yeah. they got guys on horses with guns, and our hero is running. Okay, it's a James Bond story here. Um, <laughs> perfection. When she kept Daphne, coming... Daphne, you did a wonderful oh, job, though. Yeah, when she kept coming Absolutely on to the doctor in the jungle. <laughs> that was my first tip-off, cause, and I feel bad... I didn't know she was in this. Yeah. <laughs> and so all the way... Well, none of us this, did. We just knew we heard a familiar voice. We, did, we heard this familiar voice, and it wasn't until about the, you know, the halfway point where I finally broke down and looked her up and went, Oh, my God. This And now, how, what, how, how genius do we look? We've had her on the show. Didn't know she <laughs> yeah. was in Doctor Who. Well, we knew she had we done she Big was, Finish. Yeah. We just hadn't got to anything she had done yet. Didn't know she so. did this one. Yeah, yeah, we just didn't realize which story it was. Um, this one in, 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 as interesting as a note is that this is the first time that Paul McGann and Daphne Ashworth had worked together since Doctor Who the movie mm-hmm. and this is the final audio drama with Paul McGann as the quote unquote incumbent Doctor because after this one came out from Big Finish we had both Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant appear on TV before Paul McGann came back to Big Finish. So to there, was a, there was about two years. So there was a wow. there was a little bit of a gap there. Wow. Um, uh, so he'd been you know he wasn't the current Doctor. This was the last one with him as the current. Well, doctor. and, and that, that's the reason it, they rushed out of the Divergent Universe was to get him back into because it was very yeah. unclear where we were going and what was going to happen with the Big Finish license and what you know where 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 we were going to go with this and what we could do with the Eighth Doctor because they didn't know. What was coming with the ninth doctor? Hey, I got one word for you: cliffhanger. <laughs> so they they, <laughs> oh, they yeah. pushed him. Just, they, just leave it. I'm well, just so happy to see Dalek. They pushed before. him out of the divergent universe, so there was no question as to why how he got back. But then couldn't go anywhere else from there. So that totally makes sense. I didn't yeah. realize that it would have been more than a year that they, that they waited before they brought Paul back in. But uh, the, the next one he did was released in August of two thousand five. This one was 2004, but uh, by, again, by that time, all of Christopher Eccleston's stories had aired, and yeah, now right. David Tennant was on. So, how do we feel about the ending? Other than Kariz, the, the 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 actual it wrapped we, up pretty we, quick. We, we, we got in, we got, we got into the foundry. We we kind of justified the <laughs> the weird religious existentialism of oh, we just corrupted that word. It's like mm, all right, a lot. And we, we, we've kind of done this, and Rassilon's off in the TARDIS, and then somehow 
keep in perfection end up back together to start this whole process again. Well, it, it, but I, they can't I, get out. Is I found my it thought. fitting the, the cyclical nature of it yeah. of the universe. It, 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 it did work. It's going to restart sense. regardless. So and. They, it's not like they can get out now because they needed they needed a doctor they needed somebody to cross over in order to get, to be the vehicle to get out. I did think Rassilon and Croco were dispatched a little too easily. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, but I liked the fact that they wound up, as you said, <laughs> yeah, in the yeah scared so situation. It's like ha ha, deal with it. How do we how do we feel about the explanation that we got for? what the doctor went through of the experiments that they the confirmation that yes these were experiments and that they were pulled out different sections of the worlds in kind of in order to preserve them do we like that or i'm fine with it's, it it's kind of what we kind of where, yeah that's kind of where when, once i realized they were going there i didn't have a problem with the 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 weird mind-blowing story and then the you know, classic who story, and then the, you know, the just how you know how we did that up yeah. and down. I didn't have a pro- that 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 worked for me all along, presuming that that was what was happening. This justifying that actually worked for me, so I was now, glad for that. The the, the 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 pocket universe, the divergent universe here, it was already here, right? It's not like Rassilon that, created. Well, yeah, that's, that's the problem. I is know he said they don't Rassilon, that. Well, that's just it. Rassilon was somehow pulled into it. The the divergent universe was created by the Time Lords. By because but, when they were remember when they were dissolving they were not dissolving they were sending people yeah, elsewhere that's where out. they were going and so that my impression that's what sort of happened was they were they were sent to that divergent universe but but Rassilon found them because he right. had the theory that they had to go somewhere right and so he went to find them and that's when he got there now when he got there I get the impression it's it's kind of a a biblical God version where. There's something there, but he kind of molds it because that he talks about the foundry. That, yeah, that, that ac- was the according foundry. to the TARDIS wiki description in of the Divergent Universe, Rassilon installed the Mobius Loop, which took all life of that universe once every twenty to thirty millennia before regurgitating the universe in its own, in its original right. form. So Rassilon puts everything in okay. motion. So then we don't know how he does that. Do, do we think? Well, he, uh, he got there and built a the foundry and created. Yeah, well, that's just. A, do we think know. he got there and built the foundry, or was it when he was experimenting with how to get to that universe that there was, you know, the the the, the force bubble went off and took the foundry with him. Oh, that's well, possible. And it's possibly. actually it actually is his foundry, and everything was thrown possibly. into that universe. Possibly. I mean, well, then why didn't he build, so so didn't you know. build himself as a new TARDIS? I guess because he wasn't at the foundry. There's no time. Well, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a, but that, it's, that, that that's the thing. According to this, a side effect was the lack of time as a linear concept. It was a right. side effect of the loop. Oh, but oh. That's what this that is. That would saying. explain why. Okay, so that explains why everybody has that kind of concept of time in the universe that right. doesn't have time. And the closer you get to the foundry, the more element of time. But that there is, doesn't jive with what yeah. we know when he got sent to the universe, because the idea of this, the whole idea of this universe, even going into it, why he went exploring of it, is there is no time. Well, because it's the anti-time. But that's all. That's all suspected. That's all suspected. The, the yeah. anti-time thing was ends up being a ruse in the end, and that was the reason. Zagreus is who tricked him into going into the place in the first place. Yeah. It was. It was Zagreus was trying to get in. Rassilon's trying to get out, and ends up. Yeah. You know, you know that 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 ends up becoming a 
a conflict there in, it, in itself. So the, the, him getting in and the whole anti-time and the whole you know anti-matter, or no, it was be anti-time. The whole anti-time. anti-time thing was really kind of a ruse by Zagreus to get him to go in there. That's why he goes in in the first place, okay, because he thinks he has now. absorbed all this anti-time, and the only place he can go is go there where the anti-time is, because it's, it's unstable here. But we find out later, because remember, even up until the very end, the doctor's still saying, I can't go back, because yeah. I have all this anti-time. And Charlie's trying to say, no, that was Rassilon is telling us that you don't, that, that was all, that's all a ruse. It's really, in, But of course, he's trying to spin it so that... He thinks that the doctor lied to them about the anti-time. Right. The doctor thinks that Rassilon's lying about the anti-time. <laughs> and ultimately, there's no anti-time because Agraeus used the excuse to get into the diverging universe. That's okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. Now. So yeah. it's, it's a wonderful concept, and it wraps up a lot of great stuff. It just really kind of... <laughs> there at the end, it's it's letting the air out of the balloon right there at the end, and I, then that's it. In retrospect, and, and I, I said this before that to have such a mind blowing story to open this and then fall back into the typical Doctor Who monster of the week, and I was disappointed. And I hoped that we'd get something at the end that helped wrap all this up. I don't think we did. I don't think we got. I, I we didn't get a scared, so had, we didn't even get a. Uh, what was the other one we thought was pretty cerebral? Uh, um, the, the one I really the liked. White City. What was the name Hold of the on. Light City one? Uh, hmm. Yeah, where they weren't really actually there. That the yeah. people had taken on the personas. The of, editors. Uh, and, yeah. 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 Yes. Um, what was that one? My computer would move quicker. You know, that's you the know, natural that, history of fear. Maybe that's part. That was it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, the book. Oh yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> no. It's Why Twilight, am I trying to get Wiki to Twilight Kingdom? I think. No, it isn't. Pretty sure it was natural history of fear because it didn't make sense until after. It doesn't really matter, but anyway, um, <laughs> yes, it does. The idea of, of it is maybe that's why there's the letdown is because because it's <laughs> it's really just kind of a bait and switch situation with Rassilon and Zagreus and 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 Keep and all of this thing that's all of this stuff that's going on. Maybe that's the problem. Let's see, Faith Stealer was the. That was the one with the planet full of, right. of, of churches. The last was the one with... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Natural History of Fear, because the description is it is a criminal offense to copy or attempt yeah, to copy. That's oh, it. Okay. That's it. So, yeah, with, with, with the outstanding nature of that one, and then the idea that we're stuck in this loop and that we are evolving as we go and that each society that we land in apparently is a little bit further along the loop and so it's a little more advanced even kind of works but yeah. I just I would have I see really, where they're going with yeah, I would have really liked to have had a little bit more story spread out into these a little more hints dropped a little more plot instead of the standard yeah we're going to go off and do this planet with yeah, all, if with you're going to do a story arc you planet, need a better outline yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's this this felt more dare I say this felt more key to time and less trial of a time <laughs> agreed agreed but not as good as, no yeah. as the, the, I'm just glad to be out of the diverging universe I'm, I'm happy <laughs> me too happy yeah, to be home quite honestly I, I, I hope that we can and get Kariz redeemed Kariz I hope there's set like something the up because so the doctor's yeah. trusting him way too much which yeah it's kind of the doctor's nature but eh, we'll see we'll see we'll see all right. Anything else you guys need to touch on before we move on and 
in this one possibly under two hours. <gasps> we talked so. about it last Sh- time. Will, time it took to record. To <laughs> listen to Sean it. will. Sean will uh, try to force the issue to see because he how, likes how, to get us over two hours. <laughs> oh, I can talk for another five minutes. So um, <laughs> that, that scene where that thing happened. What's coming up next week on the schedule? Next week on the schedule, we've got Dragonfire as part of our seventh Doctor celebrations. Uh, with uh, it being the eighth month, we're in seventh Doctor, so we'll get some. Even though we did some eighth, <laughs> even though we, well, we did a little bit eighth, yeah. but we just I wanted to get out of the Divergent universe. White big, white big finish rushing it to get him out of there. I wanted to rush to get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my justification for that. So we've got Dragonfire on Friday Night Who. We'll get uh, the introduction of Ace, the departure of Mel. Keith will now have seen all of Mel's stories. No, he hasn't seen Paradise Towers. Or no, except for Paradise Towers. I keep forgetting that one's stuck in the middle there. So, never mind. You won't see all of them. <laughs> um, and then next week on the show, on the big 137 Epiversary, we will do the... Uh, <laughs> what? It doesn't work that way. Sure it does. No. Oh, wait. Last minute feedback. Oh, wait. Oh, last minute Who feedback. Who said us last minute Scott feedback? from Philly. Oh, Scott oh, from Philly. Oh, we forgot Scott from uh, Philly. He commented on our post about the next Doctor. Oh. Uh, he says, yay, love the pick. An excellent actor who can do the comedy and tragedy of being the... The Doctor Requires. No more Doctor Companion romance. At the same time, I'd buy a connection between him and River, if he's the one who gives River her sonic screwdriver. Waiting on BBC America, rerunning Children of Earth, and the memes of the Doctor destroying the Daleks with prolific (laughs) profanities. I don't know, see now, because what will happen is we'll uh, we'll get JLC out of the way, and they'll bring in Evelyn. To travel with them. She's doctor. not Jen C anymore, you know that, right? She's just JC. She's not Jenna Louise Coleman? Nope, she's she's Jenna, Coleman. Jenna Coleman. When did that happen? A couple months ago. ago. Really? Yep. Yeah. On screen titles, too? Crayers well, they, no, we, we got up to the end of Name of the Doctor but and they were on there, but after, after that, that, she after said that she's, she's just Jenna Coleman. She's just Jenna Coleman. Yep. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm surprised you had heard that. I don't know why you. I don't know how you can just decide after a full season of, or even several years of acting, and go, "I'm just cynical." Some people do it. Uh, Sidney Alfadil, who played uh, Doctor Bashir on Deep Space Nine, four seasons into Deep Space Nine, decided he was now going to be known as Alexander Siddig, and they changed the credit sequence. Yeah, I knew that. Did know Yeah. Did you know that was? uh, I didn't realize that. Did you know that he's Malcolm Uh, McDowell's nephew? That I did not know. Real life. Yeah. Doctor Bashir is related Where were to we? Soren. We were talking about schedule. <laughs> uh, so the next week on the thanks Scott for getting us over two hours. <laughs> One thirty-seven anniversary episode. <laughs> Can't well, go with that. Why not? Oh, we've been there before. Have we? Deja vu. Have we done one thirty-seven? No, we've done the <laughs> we're going anniversary. <laughs> you can have more than one anniversary. <laughs> every week is an anniversary. Goofy. Convinced? No, every week is a merry anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up at one fifty-seven? One thirty-seven. That's what I said. We're going to do the uh, the the IDW uh, comic book, Prisoners of Time Seven. Yeah, which I've read, so I'm ahead of the. You're ahead of me. Ahead of the homework. You're now. rarely ahead of me. And uh, I liked it, and I will discuss it next week. Uh, we will talk Dragonfire, and then we're also going to talk the big finish Dest- uh, audio go Destiny of the Doctor Seven. What's the name of this one? Shockwave. Shockwave. And so that's up there. And then the following week, we get the Sontaran Experiment, 
with Tom Baker for Friday Night Who, just to give us a little taste of Sarah Jane, because the following week, in Epiversary 138, we're going to talk Sarah Jane Adventure Season 4. So you might want to start on that now, kids, so that you've got enough time. Not that it's a long season. Right. Of course, they're all two-part episodes and right. you know whatnot. But just so that you can start now, you've got two weeks from today. Sarah Jane Season 4. And then you might want to put some money aside if you're not uh, you know, actively spending and buying gifts for a certain trio of podcasters at the Doctor Who Experience in Cardiff. <laughs> uh, I like how I threw that out yeah. there. Um, because uh, The Green Death with John Pertwee is next, and that will be coming out in the special edition format in North America the week of the So 20th, some of you may already have it. Some of you may already have it. Yes. I already own it, but the special edition is coming out, so if you don't own it, it... That's one on Netflix. It is on Netflix. And it's also on Netflix, yeah. So, there, there, but you, if you don't own it, you Although might it put might some fall money off aside. before because sometimes they'll do that if they've if they're releasing something because they want people mm. to buy it. Yeah, now, is, is this the week also that um, there. Spearhead from Space comes out on Blu-ray and, and um, the, the uh, Terror of uh, Shalka. Thirteen. Oh, doesn't, uh, doesn't Shalka? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Scream of the Shalka. Scream of the Shalka. I, think. I, yeah, I kept wanting to say Shalka Doctrine. Like that's not yeah, the Scream name. Scream of the Shalka is is also that coupled week. with that week as well. Um, which I'm toying with the idea of throwing that into our. 11 weeks for 11 Doctors, even though it doesn't really fit, but maybe. Whatever, I enjoy that story. I enjoy that story, too, and it'd be fun to watch that with a group. You would. Because we it's been for, we haven't done it as of right now, who obviously, because no. we're available. But We've we reviewed, reviewed it, but we it. haven't. Done so maybe maybe later we'll get that on the schedule, too. Anyway, so there's that. Maybe you guys will read Blood of, Stone, Blood of Stone, or no, what was it? Stones of Blood? No, what was the the vampiric story that I read you guys did? I don't think you read. Did you? It was, it's the second Shaka Doctor story. It was a. It was a Scream of the Shaka comes out in September oh, with September. Ice Warriors. Oh, okay. oh it is oh, paired with Ice Warriors. Okay. I know it was paired with something, but, but we'll still have it before we. So do it's still two weeks per tweet tweet. next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is that? Uh, something blood. I thought. Or I haven't read it. Stone something. I can't remember what it is. It was. A, it was a short story in a magazine, and it's the Shaka Doctor and the Master, Android Master. Whatever we'll we'll revisit it when we <laughs> when we watch Shaka Doctor again. Maybe I mean, it'll I, be on the disc. Maybe it'll be ooh, PDF be cool. material on the disc. I don't think it is, but that'd be cool. I just like watching you stumble around in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I think they do that in the story. They're stumbling around in the dark. I'm serious. I think they do. I don't remember the story that well, other than it was a vampiric type entity that was feeding off of their memories and emotions. So that's that's uh, that's where that's at. So next right. week is the uh, um, Dragonfire. Terrific. Well, and one of the most literal cliffhangers in the history of Doctor <laughs> Who. It's the most literal cliffhanger in the history of Doctor Who. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, we only last minute feedback. Okay. Nope. I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Take a deep breath like you're going to say something different. I want you to think maybe there's a possibility. <laughs> I do every time. I wait with baby. But not this one. Fly me high through the starry skies. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.